show. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussion with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 8th day of December 2023. I guess that means there's 23 days left in, no. Yeah, 23 days left in this old year. Uh, here, here. Don't step on snack. You're right, Brother Deacon Asa. No step on snack. I still giggle when I think about that. Uh, regardless, this is the horn. Headon.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And, uh... If you're listening to the podcast, please feel free to like and subscribe, like each episode, subscribe to a couple of platforms. That way, you know, when the, when one of them fails to catch the upload, another one, you'll you'll get a notification that it's there. I am, after all, the hardest working woman in this business. I don't take weeks or days or months or no, none of that off. So I'm always here. Or almost always here. But anyway, uh, anyway, if you pop by the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers. They would be Squeaky and Theo, and capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, uh, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Extraordinary Zimmergist Roger in Oregon. It's Friday on the front porch. We will go and see what's on folks' mind uh, here in about ooh, 56 minutes or so. Go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, and in which we keep the extraordinary ordinary roundtable around which we gather each and every Friday. If you've never participated, doggone it, you should. Come on by, it's easy. And uh, there's a button at the top of HeadOn.Live that'll, that will uh, take you uh, into the aforementioned old holler tree, and you can be part of the merry little roundtable that takes place at the end of each week. Did I do the hi, I'm Robin part? Because hi, I'm Robin. And uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. This program is no different. And as such, we say thank you to our subscribers uh, via PayPal each and every day. So that means that uh, on this eighth day of the month, thank you, Marsha. 
Thank you, Marsha, so very much indeed. Marsha is our one subscriber for the eighth day of the month. And our fundraising goal is not outrageous. It is achievable, and we could come up uh, even with our fundraising for the first full week of December 2023. The fundraising goal stands at $665. So that's uh, 10 at 66.50, 66 and a half people at 10. And I'm not going any further with the ciphering than that. But that's where it stands. Uh, PayPal works. Uh, Patreon works. Pa- the Patreon link is at the Contribute tab on, on, on HeadOn.Live. The PayPal button is right on the main page. Uh, Venmo uh, still works for those of you who are uh, interested in using Venmo. I'm trying to think uh, of the people who use Venmo. That would be uh, uh, Darlene uses Venmo. And our pal Christopher uses uh, Venmo. And uh, uh, our buddy Mark in Florida has used Venmo. And that is, unfortunately, at B-O-B hyphen K-I-N-C-A-I-D hyphen one, at Bob hyphen Kincaid hyphen one. That's the Venmo connector. Um, Cash app is a possibility as well. Um, that's just dollar sign Bob Kincaid. He's that Bob feller is desperately is is is, is doggedly determined. To, well, he's difficult to get shed of, but then again, he's still in the intro to the program. So what are you going to do? It is the eighth day of December, so happy birthday wishes go out to our dear friend Jeremy in Vermont. I always remember Jeremy's birthday because it coincides with the. Uh, the time that I almost almost got fired for the very first time on December the 8th, 1980. Actually, the almost firing came on December the 9th. December the 8th, 1980 was a Monday. Monday night football. Howard Cosell broke the heartbreaking news. And shortly thereafter, the ancient UPI teletype machine, the, the housing of it was literally cast iron. And it still had hammer, you know, hammer uh, uh, typesetting and yellow rolls of fool's cap. And the number of times that I cursed, whoever didn't change the ribbon are too many to count. But that night, that night, it sent out seven alarm bells. Like nine was a tornado and ten was a nuclear attack. So I heard one, two, three, four, and it got to seven. I was like, what the hell's going on? Fine thing for a gospel disc jockey to say, but I did. And went in and started pulling copy. You know, the first one is always just a short, you know, um, uncorroborated reports say that John Lennon has been shot. Corroborated reports say that John Lennon has been shot. John Lennon has been taken to the, you know, whatever whatever hospital it was, I can't remember. The details emerged in front of the Dakota building, the brownstone, where his, he and Yoko and little Sean had their home. And then came the news that John Lennon was dead. And I, well, I was a budding little broadcaster back then. I was... Uh, 
17. And I reported the news at length as I received it. And the next day, Tuesday, they told me to come in early, and I got dressed down but, but proper. He's not a Christian. He hates Jesus Christ, and the world is better off without him. Uh, so, uh, I said, oh, okay. And a little over a year later, when I signed off for the last time because I was leaving for college, um, no, a little less than a year later, I uh, played Jimi Hendrix's version of the Star-Spangled Banner for our sign-off as my way of just saying, I remember. And so, happy birthday, Jeremy. And, uh, yeah, well... I think the world has continued to miss John Lennon from that day to this. Oh, what else? Oh, big thank you going out to our dear friend Cat in Ohio. I got a note uh, earlier this afternoon from Cat. said... Uh, mailbox Lookout sent you a ham and turkey for Christmas at the address listed. No puny turkey breast for Christmas. Enjoy. Let me know when you get it. Cat, I will. I'll. Uh, I will be look. Uh, I'll be looking frequently and checking with them. And the minute they say it's there, I will. Uh, I'll head over to Beckley to pick it up. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. And so, here we are, Friday on the front porch. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't make light of family tragedies. But it was the darndest thing. Um. One of the biggest, uh, well, I don't know, biggest is probably the wrong term, but uh, Kevin, Kevin Kramer, a maggot senator from uh, from uh, North Dakota who barks and grunts a lot about, you know, conservative family values, Uh Kevin Kramer has headed back to South Dakota because his 42-year-old son, Ian Kramer, in an SUV that the Kramer family had reported had been stolen, and a North Dakota Highway Patrol car saw the stolen vehicle, And began hot pursuit. This is another reminder that hot pursuit. It's the 21st century. They got the plate number. Cars don't run on dilithium crystals or, or even 
radioactive nuclear piles. They do run out of gas, and there's no need for hot pursuit. But 42-year-old Ian Kramer, who apparently has had profound behavioral health issues, um, Senator Kramer's office issued a statement saying that his son Ian suffers from serious mental disorders which manifest in severe paranoia and hallucinations. And he uh, took the car, the SUV, led the cops on a chase because he insisted that he was going to see his brother Ike. The only problem is his brother Ike passed away five years ago. And the worst part of it all, during the hot pursuit, Ian Kramer lost control of his automobile and crashed head-on into a Mercer County Sheriff's Office patrol vehicle, vehicle parked on a, uh, an approach ramp. The deputy outside that was standing next to the vehicle and was killed. Senator Kramer said, I'm going to take the first flight I can, I can to be with our family as we grieve what has happened. We grieve especially for the family of the hero who tried to help Ian, and we pray for our gracious God to show up, as he always does in tragedy. What a horror. There's no good time of year for that to happen, but this time of year is particularly brutal. And it highlights the, it, 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 frankly, it highlights the crisis, and we have people who work in this field in our community, the crisis that exists inside behavioral health in this country. And it's, uh, Damn tragic. Uh, what else? Well, we've got a couple of unhappy uh, maggots. Uh, Tyler Clark is a 31-year-old man who led a white supremacist gang. We know how he votes. He was in court. And, of course, Texas. And his former girlfriend was delivering a victim impact statement on uh, a charge of having kidnapped and beaten his former girlfriend. And he began ranting and raving. The Law and Crime News blog said Clark, a resident of Porter, Texas, kidnapped the woman who has not been identified last year from Harris County and then drove her to Montgomery County, assaulting her the entire way. Images of her face after she suffered those beatings in the car were shown to jurors as evidence. She was left unrecognizable, prosecutors said. His pettifogger said he was rehabilitable. 
and had vowed to change his life. And as the woman delivered her victim impact statement, he could not remain quiet and began to throw a fit, a full-on tantrum. He was sentenced to life in prison. Funny how, again, white supremacist, woman beater, I'm sure he had conservative values. And all those all those different little Venn diagrams just come together in a single circle. It's almost like it's, well, I don't know, predictable. But speaking of white supremacists, neo-Nazis and whatnot, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts filed uh, civil suits against a white supremacist group named, called NSC-131, charging civil rights violations, trespass, conspiracy. The neo-Nazi group had been saying they wanted to make, and our friends up that way will just be thrilled to hear this if they haven't already, they were going to make Massachusetts a white ethno-state. And they were going, uh, uh, the Attorney General Andrea Joy Campbell said yesterday, NSC 131 has engaged in a concerted campaign to target and terrorize people across Massachusetts and interfere with their rights. Our complaint is the first step in holding this neo-Nazi group and its leaders accountable. Yeah, by the way, NSC 131 means National Social Club, Nationalist Social Club, anti-communist action. The ADL has listed them as a neo-Nazi group because they are at war with a hostile Jewish-controlled system that's deliberately plotting the extinction of the white race. Which, curiously enough, is something that Republican presidential candidate Wee Wake Ramaswamy actually said on stage two nights ago. We talked about that about a little bit uh, yesterday. NSC-131 is known as the most violent neo-Nazi organization operating in the country today. Among other things, because this gets a little predictable, doesn't it? Gee, I wonder who they targeted. Ding, 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 ding. <sighs> Migrants seeking asylum and, of course, come on, Drag Queen Story Hour. Of course. So the... The uh, complaint filed by the Massachusetts AG said they unlawfully target and disrupt LGBTQ plus events, unlawfully target immigrants based on race and national origin, unlawfully attack members of the public and disrupt public peace and safety. How about that? A state, in this case a commonwealth, that actually stands up for the rights of marginalized communities. 
as opposed to, say, uh, the governor of the state of Florida, Ron Monkey Up DeClantis, who uh, was absolutely silent when Nazis in that state decided to get loud and proud and hasn't denounced them to this day, to the best of my knowledge. So bad that the only Republican, the only Jewish Republican in the Florida legislature called him out on it and then endorsed Donald Trump for president. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because you know, Donald Trump believes in equality. But good on you, Massachusetts. Good on you. So those are just a couple of things to get the day started. Somebody else is going to prison for life. Oh, yes. Uh, Up in Michigan, the man who was a 15-year-old boy, a sophomore in high school, who murdered four of his fellow students at Oxford High School. Oxford's in suburban Detroit. Uh, he's uh, headed to prison for life. Ethan Crumble. Not clear as to whether that is life with or without the possibility of parole. Uh, let's see. The hospital where John Lennon died. Roosevelt Hospital was its name at the time. Its name has since been changed to Mount Sinai West. And just because it's funny, uh, let's see if I can let's see if I can call this up. I saw this earlier and. It was it was too good. The Lincoln Project pulled together a mashup of, and 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 I, I, I find this difficult to believe, but people are saying that, and what, uh, some pundits have said that Ron Monkey Up DeClantis, whom we mentioned only scant moments ago, was the real winner of the. Second-tier Republican pageant a couple of nights ago down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Kind of makes you wonder what the what the standards were. But here we have a mashup of the gender mutilation, sex change operations, and the baby died. <laughs> it kind of starts cold. Ron Monkey up DeClantis's greatest babbles. From the primary pageant. Let's try that again. Gender mutilation, sex change operations, and the baby died. The best of Ron DeSantis' final GOP debate. 
You'd see anyone walking down the street, they all had man dresses on. It's illegal and legal. It's Adolf Hitler. Why? We should not laminate somebody. Father time is undefeated. Mutilate these kids. Mutilate. We should not laminate somebody. He's not real. Something tells me that I that, that Casey DeClantis is going to go and look for a real man real soon. Can you tell he's got something uh, that he's absolutely brain brainwormed with something? Is undefeated. Mutilate these kids. Mutilation of minors. Mutilating these minors. Little girls' bathrooms. <laughs> No Zuckerbucks. If there's Zuckerbucks, we're Zuckerbucks. And, and, and you know how that's done, and we will follow that. We can earn, earn, learn an awful lot from Calvin Coolidge. There's going to be a new sheriff in town. Buckle your seatbelts. There's going to be a new sheriff in Thank town. Thank you. And those sound effects are all uh, accompanying video evidence. of. You remember, you remember years back when Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz... The anointed booger-eating future king of America earned that booger-eating moniker by larping a, by, by LARPing a booger right there in the middle of a debate. You know, his tongue kind of popped out, sort of lizard-like. Well, it's not quite the same thing, but monkey up was lip-licking the entire evening. Get that man some chapstick or bacon grease. Better. Thank you, you and God bless Thank you. you. <laughs> I love the title, though. Ron DeSantis' final GOP debate. Well, I mean, from... From the Lincoln Project to God's ears. And then there's the then there's the folks at Midas Touch. Who also uh, was quite creative. From this. Yes, it's very difficult to rebut because I find myself in so much agreement with Mr. Mondale. I agree with Senator Kennedy. To this. Debates used to be about policy one to conserve energy though i proved that i will sign reasonable tort reform then in 2008 there was a major rule change that meant that general election candidates could finally directly address one another say it directly to him oh well, john 10 days ago you said that the fundamentals were down there sound you afraid i couldn't hear him i'm just determined to get you all to talk to each other by 2012 candidates were very comfortable talking over each other president have you looked at your pension and then in 2016 Please allow her to respond. She didn't talk while you talked. What happens? Allow her to respond. The president, but, 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 no. Can I be honest? Sir, with a billion dollars, sir, if you that is if Maybe it's time to change the rules back. Interesting. I, I was not aware of that. But maybe taking the that maybe that would take some of the pageant aspect out of all of this. Uh, Malarkey. Oh, and uh, now we have a uh, with Tommy t with Tommy the tuber having been 
at least slowed down. We now have another senator who wants to play games with military promotions. Why, why, color me not surprised. Because Tuesday, Tommy the Tuber lifted his hold. And lo and behold, up stepped Senator Eric Schmidt. He's full of Schmidt. Of Missouri Stan. He's been in the, he, he's been in the Senate since January. And he's decided to hold up the promotion of five military officers, not 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 because of the not because of the women's well, I mean indirectly, I guess, but not because of Pentagon abortion policy, but no, no. Um Senator Fullerschmidt, I mean, we've gone from a tuber to a tub of Schmidt. Uh, uh, diversity and inclusion. Some unnamed press flack said, oh, Senator Schmidt has placed a hold on a handful of promotions relating to concerns that he has regarding those nominees' stances on actions relating to divisive diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in the military. So probably those five officers have absolutely nothing to do with DEI programs in the military, and the highest-ranking members of the military have testified that military readiness and having an effective fighting force requires diversity, equity, and inclusion. But Senator Fullerschmidt is apparently a better military, a better, a bigger expert on the military that, than, than, than anybody at the Pentagon. And this is over the National Defense Authorization Act. And uh, Schmidt said, DEI has no place in our military which has long been the world's greatest meritocracy. And because he is a military expert, uh, Senator Fullerschmidt said, uh, the, the prioritization of DEI weakens America's ability to challenge our adversaries. And last month he introduced the Abolish Government DEI Act. Agda. Agdaia. You can tell he's full of Schmidt because it didn't it doesn't spell anything catchy like a a proper uh, Republican bullshit bill does. The bill's never gonna see the light of day. But nonetheless, he's going to fuck with five members, five perfectly loyal members of the United States Armed Services. 
because of course he is. Hello, Emilio. Schmidt hits the fan. It's almost as if the Republicans are trying to hold open military positions for the election of the Poopenfuhrer. Almost, ain't it? Good Lord. Sorry, just... And uh, across the world, over in uh, Mavr Moscovy, Putin's been handing out some medals to the ones that survived. A gold star hero of Mavr Russia medal to some of the thugs who have fought in Ukraine. It was a bit of a staged event. Some mothers of dead uh, soldier thugs, as well as some uh, a, a former member of the Soviet uh, military, Soviet era military, a, a guy named Artyom Zhoga, who is a lieutenant colonel, and he was born in Soviet era Ukraine. He's in the uh, Russian military went up to Putin and said, "You are president. We are team of you. We need you. Russia need you." To which Putin replied, "I will not hide that I have had different thoughts at different times, but it is now time to make decision. I will run for the post of president." Precisely, zero people were surprised. Because six semper fascist leaders, I was chatting with our pal Chris in Germany earlier today, and I said, can you think of any fascist leader who actually retired instead of either dying in office, blowing their own brains out, uh, being uh, oh, hung up by their heels at a gas station? And the only one, and it, it's not even truly fascist because it goes all the way, are you ready, Steve, in New York, are you ready? Oh, my God, that's the beginning of a rock and roll song. You ready, Steve? Uh-huh. Uh, Mick? Okay. The only one I could come up with was back in the Roman Republic, Sulla, who seized power, had himself declared dictator, uh, killed off a shit ton of uh, wealthy uh, Roman patricians, and then retired to his villa... Uh, somewhere down around, oh, I don't know, Capri maybe, and proceeded to have fun with his boy toys. But Vlad Putty has made decision. It is time to run again for president. Putin is going to pulse as military leader of country at war. That was Sergei Markov, a former uh, Kremlin flak. This is exactly what choice of, pow- of place of Putin's statement says. At the request of officers, 
Heroes of Mother Russia, Heroes of the War in Donbass. Yeah, they were uh, just chomping at the bit for 71-year-old Pootie. He's 71 years old! <laughs> you don't get to say he's too old in Mother Russia. Of course, at 71, compared to some of those former Soviet leaders, downright spries, a spring chicken. Or a spring buzzard. He was described as uh, modest, occupied with real affairs. Yeah, meanwhile, Dmitry Peskov, who is constantly saber-rattling for World War III and a nuclear exchange or two, uh, has been saying, Putin must run. And so he was asked question and he answered it. Oh, yes, it's completely spontaneous, Peskov said, without a lightning bolt coming down out of the sky and leaving nothing but a greasy spot behind. He reacted to the appeals of heroic people. So, yes, it was reaction to the appeal of people. Sure it was. And he will be gloriously re-elected by 100% of patriotic Russian people who love patriotic Mother Russia and patriotic Vladimir Putin. Thank God they don't monitor this program over in Mother Russia. Jesus. Well, uh, it, it, Pinochet. Oh, there's one who retired. Well, I mean, he kind of well, he went on the lamb to Spain, right? Thank you, Lou. In PA, thank you so much. We now know who the Democrat is who will be uh, vying for the seat vacated via the defenestration of George Anthony DeVolder, uh, Admiral Nelson Santos. Former U.S. Representative Tom Suozzi will be on the ballot uh, for the Democratic Party in that district that takes up Long Island and a little niblet of queens he was uh, he was he was vetted and chosen via the state party uh, with New York governor Kathy Hochul having the final say he knows the ropes he's already been in congress uh, for 6 years previously before losing reelection Swazi said, I will work day and night with both parties to deliver for the people to make living here more affordable, safer, and better. I delivered for this district before, and I will do it again by putting you ahead of partisanship. Let's reject the nonsense and get back to work. So I guess with it being a special election, the Democrats get to choose their candidate without a primary. Well, uh, good luck, Tom Swazi. He no, he did not lose. He didn't lose. He he left Congress to run for governor of New York, 
and got beaten by Kathy Hochul. And as part of becoming the nominee for the special election, he apologized for raising ethical questions about Governor Hochul and her husband. Well, it's always nice to see uh, when the uh, hatchet gets buried. Oh, and by the way, we, uh, not necessarily a cowbell, but we need to give, uh, a, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a horn commemorative purple robe with applique moons and stars and will thee kiss me in the dark baby written across the front in glow-in-the-dark uh, paint to Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, member of the House from California, Democrat, actually predicted that Craven McCarthy would leave Congress at the end of the year, and Craven McCarthy did, in fact, in turn, do that. Swalwell said, with Santos gone, you're hearing it here first. The next GOP member to leave Congress will be Speaker McCarthy, he posted on uh, uh, that website, formerly known as Twitter. This was this past Saturday. No way he stays. A guy who kidney punches his colleagues from behind is too afraid to serve out a full term with them. I bet he's going to be gone by year end of year. What say you? And then, well, either Smallwell had inside information, which is an interesting thing to ponder, or his, pow- his, his, his powers of prediction rival those of, uh, you know, this little program. Okay, Pinochet, Lou says, died in Chile, arguably under house arrest. Uh, there's also Francisco Franco of Spain. Uh, yes, but he did not give up power. He died in power. Spain was still a fascist dictatorship up until the moment when he died and, well, you know, when he breathed out and didn't breathe in again. They seldom go peacefully. If all. If at all. And this, this is fun. This is just some pop culture nonsense. You may be aware that Time Magazine's Person of the Year is none other than Taylor Swift. And, uh, I mean, that's all well and good. That's fine. I mean, good for her. Uh, pathetic neo-maxi zoom-dweeby billionaire, Leon Scum, derpy Batman villain, upon the news that Tay-Tay would be person of the year for Time Magazine, felt compelled to unburden himself of some sage advice to Ms. Swift. 
I have a feeling that Taylor couldn't care less uh, what Leon Scum has to say. But this is this is just such a mansplainy moment. Congrats, he said. Some risk of popularity decline after this award. I speak from experience, lol. As if being named Person of the Year by Time magazine somehow led to his drop in popularity, when in fact it was his big coming out as a full-on, stone-cold, hardcore, right-wing, fascist piece of shit. Which he is. Not to mention babbling a bunch of anti-Semitic poison. Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. And Leon Musk, uh, Leon Scum said, this is the actual truth. And now he's trying, uh, by the way, Leon Scum is trying to backtrack because uh, Sam Altman... Yeah, that's Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, said uh, that anti-Semitism is worse than he thought, particularly on the American left. Really? The American left, Sam Altman. Um, I think we've got, we, we should probably issue another genius alert. Wiley Coyote, super genius. Because I'm sure, pretty sure that NSC 131 is not an American left organization. Pretty sure that no Nazi is part of the American left. Pretty sure that that was not the American left marching at Charlottesville in August of 2017, shouting, screaming, braying, hooting, whatever. Jews will not replace us. That was not an America, a member of the American left who shot up the Tree of Life synagogue. No, none of those things. But Leon Scum, he needs a little company. Altman said, for a long time, I said that anti-Semitism, particularly on the American left, was not as bad as people claimed. Altman is, to some degree, of Jewish heritage. I'd like to just state that I was totally wrong. I still don't understand it, really, or know what to do about it, but it is so fucked. That's when, and, you know, this is a billionaire with a dick rocket company and a car company who apparently just sits around watching his shitter feed. So when Altman said that, he said, yes. But we were talking about Taylor Swift. And this is just too precious. Uh, Our pal Megan over on uh, 
over on Instagram posted earlier. Uh, you know, the, the 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 some little incel by the name of Eric Conn, C-O-N-N, over on Shitter. Uh, one of those neckbeard dude bros said, "It's shameful and sad." Okay, so Taylor Swift in the in the Time magazine cover is tastefully dressed. She is stunningly beautiful with her trademark red lipstick, and she's got a beautiful kitty cat draped around her neck. Aww. But this apparently made Eric Kahn's dick fall off. It's shameful and sad. Shameful and sad. But a hyper-promiscuous, childless woman, Taylor Swift, aging and alone with a cat, has become the heroine of a feminist age. And that's the thing. Uh, strong, independent, independently wealthy. So wealthy, uh, she could buy 500 uh, Eric Cons, sell them for what they think they're worth, and uh, or sell them for what they're worth, and well, uh, buy them for what they think they're worth, and sell them for what they were they're worth, and never count the cost. I just the very thought. Of a woman like that makes them makes them get all sad and limp and tiny shrinkage I, I know oh Emilio with our obligatory Star Trek reference for the evening con 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 well played Emilio I think that's our first cowbell of the evening. That that language. Shameful and sad. Taylor Swift has nothing to be ashamed of. She is quite possibly the greatest uh, pop songwriter of this era. She is having the time of her life. She is breathtakingly beautiful, breathtakingly rich, breathtakingly talented. But all that Eric Kahn can think about is that she has a cat. And apparently he spends entirely too much time thinking about how and with whom Taylor Swift has intimate relations hyper-promiscuous. How would Eric Kahn know? It's not like Taylor Swift's putting out tapes. Releasing tapes. Maybe it's the fact that she doesn't appear on stage in a fucking burka, a beekeeper suit. Or some other silly shit like that. Uh, Megan said, since it has come to my attention that Taylor Swift is now controversial for reasons unfathomable to me, 
Just want to make a public service announcement first. I greatly respect Taylor Swift. Second, I think she is a fellow witch. Third, I give her outstanding applause and want to raid her Book of Shadows at the first opportunity. Whatever spell work she's doing is absolutely outstanding and should be taught in classes to all young women everywhere. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, said Megan. And I immediately did. I, I did. I immediately thought of that one meme uh, showing uh, it, it was a it was a, a, a screen cap from the animated Star Trek series, and McCoy is bending over a dead body, and he said, "He's dead, Jim. They made them use pronouns, and their dicks fell off." Poor, poor, fragile little men. Poor babies. Uh, Arnold adding, I love Taylor. I have very little celebrity worship, but she's badass. And then a visual joke. A house somewhere, I presume, in Pennsylvania. With a giant sign, make no mistake, Trump was, is, and always will be for the, and I don't know what the word is. Uh, look at this amazing home. Must be owned by straight-up retreads. Arnold. Um. Is it just by chance, going back to Kevers? I wondered about this myself. Jeremy asks, is it just by chance that Kevin announced his early departure on the same week Liz Cheney's book came out and she burned him to the ground for most of the first chapter? I don't think so at all. Craven McCarthy never has a nickname fit more perfectly than Craven for Kevin McCar Craven McCarthy. And he knew he was just going to be dogged by questions. And then, because it's Friday, a little happy moment. Now, at the same time that At the same time that we have a story coming out of Texas to the effect that, well, a woman went to court in Texas and her plea was heard by a, a, a trial court judge to the effect that she fell within the extremely narrow parameters of Texas anti-abortion law that allows, in the rarest of instances, a woman to have an abortion. The woman, whose last name is Cox, presented evidence before the court that the pregnancy was unviable, 
that her health was at risk and, in fact, her fertility. Now, if you'll recall, one of the things that they was, were barking and grunting about a couple of nights ago at the Republican pageant in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, was that uh, parents have no right to engage in medical processes that can render their children sterile because Republicans are... Well, it smells a little like great replacement theory, doesn't it? We've got to have white children to have more white babies. And so they were worried about sterility among trans kids, never mind the fact that puberty blockers don't render anybody uh, sterile. And that, in point of fact, for the most part, up until removal, uh, even hormone therapy won't do that, but never mind. So Mrs. Cox, she's a married woman, went into court in Travis County, Texas, testified, brought in expert testimony to the effect that if she did not get this abortion, one, the baby's unviable, and two, her health would be wrecked, and three, she would likely be rendered sterile and would never be able to conceive another child again. The judge, who also happened to be a woman, but I don't think that's a determinative factor, said, you're right, you can have your abortion under the law of this state. At which point, uh, walking, talking, living, breathing criminal enterprise Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas, said, well, that judge didn't have no right to do that, and we're going to prosecute any doctor what performs any abortion anywhere here in Texas, because we, we, we value life, except when we don't. So that's where the case stands at present, and it leads us to this, uh, this story. And this is actually a good news story. It comes out of a... Uh, a uh, little town... Apparently a crummy, well, no, not as crummy as one might think, a little town called Sherman, which is both a town and a county in Texas. And this story kind of touches my heart because it has to do with a small town high school theater department. Theater department was somewhere that I could take refuge many and many a year ago, and I had an absolute blast. It was, to use the language of the current day, my safe space. And so enter a little boy, a young, a teenage boy, named Max Hightower. And Max Hightower is a drama jock. That's what we used to call ourselves and the high school in Sherman it was and maybe this was the cause because the high school in Sherman Texas was going to put on a production of Oklahoma and Max who is apparently one of the better actors in Sherman High School 
and whose primary passion is three is theater. He's a senior in high school, Max is. And he got he got the lead role. That's kind of like being a senior uh, a senior point guard or a, or, or starting becoming the senior point starting point guard in hoops or the senior uh, starting quarterback in the high school. Uh, Max had previously participated in. Uh, the high school, ambitious little theater program, the high school's production of Little Shop of Horrors. But when the casting was announced for Oklahoma, Max was thrilled. And then the call came. And uh, Principal Scott Johnston called and told Max's daddy, Philip Hightower, uh, the school has adopted a new policy going forward that only males can play male roles and only females can play female roles. Speaking to Business Insider, that was... uh, Amy Hightower, Max's mama. Uh, the principal continued and said, uh, "With that being said, Max has been cut from the role because Max's role is a male role, and Max was not born as male." <sighs> I wonder if anybody's told these geniuses about Shakespeare. Or maybe ancient Greek theater. Or pretty much any theater anywhere along the way where the only ones allowed to participate were males, some of whom had to play the female roles. And, you know, think about the balcony scene and Romeo and Juliet with all that kissing right on the mouth eater. And so they, pull, they, they, they actually pulled the kid out of class and told him that he couldn't be in the play. And it was apparently the work of one Tyson Bennett, who is the Sherman Independent School District superintendent and is equally adept at drawing his breath and his pay. And so uh, when the Hightowers went trying to get some answers, they couldn't. And a bunch of other kids in the theater department were also yanked from the play. And none of the school officials would give Max an answer. And the other kids pulled out of the play were also trans kids. But two cis girls who had been cast as men also lost their roles. I I don't want to put too fine a point on it here. But a lot of times, adolescent masculinity being what it is, and you know the Confederate South being what it is, the high school drama departments will be um, 
girl dominant. There will be a lot more girls signed up for theater than there will be boys. Oh, Jesus, maybe that was a clue. Um, so uh, the cis girls got pulled, thrown out of their roles, too, because they cannot be allowed to play no men folk. Ain't got the proper bulge. I mean, they didn't say that, but you know that's what they were thinking. So, interviewed by Business Insider, Max said, Outside the choir room was a literal sea of crying children. The principal walked out and looked at all of us whose souls he just crushed and said, School's out of session. I need y'all to make your way outside. But, bless their hearts, they didn't take it lying down. They didn't take it at all. And what wound up happening is... uh, Max's identity, the fact that he was assumed female at birth, not assigned. Gender's not fucking homework. Assumed female at birth, a lot of assumptions at birth, you know. Uh, Max's family had 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 protected and kept private his identity, but thanks to all of this, Max got involuntarily outed by his school district, the assholes. Uh, But his mama, Amy, said it just started gaining traction, just kind of blew up from there. I was so scared to post it because I knew the hate was coming. But I tell you what, and this is why this is a feel-good story, especially coming out of a place like Texas. I knew the hate was coming. But I'll tell you what, so much more love and support came in than hate. We were so blown away. So glad you were by love and support and not in the typical Texas fashion. And so the story went viral. Um, and on November the 10th, the school, uh, the high school said... Uh, uh, we're going to do a child-friendly version of the production. The, the, the show will go on, but it won't go on with the real script. We're going to do a child-friendly version. And sex will not be considered when casting the new production. Uh, here's the thing, though. The child-friendly version of Oklahoma, as butchered by the Sherman Independent School District, had written Max's character completely out of the script. Ham-fisted mother... So then, uh, they went to the school board meeting of the Sherman Independent School District. And 65 people showed up, and 62 of them said, You put Max back in that damn play? And you get rid of them sex-based role requirements. And the president of the school board at the end of the meeting apologized to the entire community and said they would reinstate the production as originally cast and scripted. But then they held another school board meeting, a special one. And November 17th, about half and half were for and against the action. But by the end of the meeting, the Sherman High School Arts Department 
carried the day. And Mama Amy said it was decided that the superintendent would no longer have any control over the fine arts department, and they were going to open up a third-party investigation for his actions. We were hoping that he would be placed on administrative leave completely, so not exactly what we were looking for, but not a loss either. Well, joy comes in the morning, Amy. And maybe after a thorough investigation, Mr. Tyler Bennett will be completely out of a job because Mr. Tyler Bennett, obsessed as he is with the genitals of children, should probably never be allowed near them ever again. Probably ought to be on a watch list. Young Max said, I guess I really got to kill Oklahoma now for the people watching me. Dude, you go. <laughs> I do love a happy story. Uh, Matt in San Francisco noting, Oklahoma, complete with the uh, exclamation mark. I've seen Oklahoma. I don't recall any sex scenes. Lots of singing and dancing. No screwing. What is with these people? Matt, you know the answer. Or was that just rhetorical? You know the answer. Maggots, right-wingers, Republicans, conservatives are the most sick, disgusting, perverted people in the entire United States of America. They can't stop thinking about children having sex. They can't stop thinking about grown-ups having sex. They can't stop thinking about trans people having sex they can't stop thinking about lesbians having sex they can't stop thinking about guys gay guys having sex they can't stop thinking about Rick Santorum was thinking about men and dogs having sex the only thing they can't do is think about themselves having sex with you know a consenting partner That's what's with these people, Matt. But you know that. Uh, Lee in New York. Stop it, Robin. Facts about theater history do not matter. Prejudice the only thing, is the only thing that matters to maggots. And I'm sure, I don't know, has, has Greg Asbot uh, chimed in on this? Has Ken Paxton, has uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick Is the Texas legislature going to pass a high school musical bill? Uh, maybe at the next Republican debate they can fulminate over uh, which Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals can be produced. And 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 the and the uh, there ain't but two genders and two sexes, and it's determined by biology. And there ain't gonna be no ain't gonna be no girls playing boys or boys playing girls because. Because the flag is a fallen, and they're trying to trans-America, and they're trying to replace all the good, God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, gundamentalist, ammo-sexual, Christian, heterosexual, white folks with the queers. Face palm. Steve in New York noting, went from where people potty to what kind of costumes people wear in plays where they have to wear costumes? Well, what did what did Monkey Up say in that clip? 
There were men wearing men dresses, and it was legal, and it was illegal. You know, if she wasn't such an odious creature, I'd almost be a little bit worried about Casey DeClantis. Having to put the lotion on her skin and all. Um, Steve adding, they can't stop thinking about gay guys having sex, lesbians having sex, trans folks having sex, except them having sex. Quit reading my mind, damn it. And added, uh, let the congregation say amen. Or in the case of probably the massive closet case, uh, closet case uh, Republican men in Texas, ah, men. And Darlene with a note, uh, agreed, Megan, Taylor is an excellent witch. Uh, tomorrow is Banishment and Protection Day. Seems a spell is in order for Leon Scum. Light him up, ladies. Uh, Lee in New York says, uh, I saw a person of the year. I saw Isaac Asimov at a convention. He was asked about a computer being the winner of the title in 1982. He said that time should have given the award to the atomic bomb in 1945. Can we ask Taylor Swift to keep reminding people to register to vote? I think that's an excellent idea. And, God, I hope Leon Scum dies mad about it. So that's the that's that's a little bit more than the regular filler lobster. Um, let's go ahead and uh, see if there's anybody in the old holler tree. Be nice if there was. Remember, if you can't negotiate Skype, you can always come into the program via the uh, stress line eight four four eight four three four six seven six and engage in the rousing conversation. Uh, little fact checker. Uh, uh, from uh, Brother Deacon Asa. To be fair, Pooty Poot only got reelected with 77% of the vote back in 2018. What I'm saying is that there's plenty of maneuvering room for competing candidates. Yeah, just got to count that. Uh, got to count that 23% of the vote several times. And lukewarm cowbell for Florida man for that well-armed, uh, that well-timed Schmidt hits the fan crack. Emilio, that's pretty lukewarm, but it's a cowbell. They all spend. Uh, let's see here. waiting for the connection. By the way, um, fundraising goal to finish the week to the good. And it would be uh, mighty nice if we could knock at least mo- most of it or some of it out. Uh, 665. And it's also apparently uh, uh, Ben's birthday as well. Hey, Ben, in the chat room. Happy birthday. So... With any luck, we will get the conversation started in short order. There we are. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, are you there, Roger? Boo. You know, this isn't how it happens in the big, highly financed. Just waiting to see if anybody's there. Hello, Robin. Oh, there's Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey. So I just finished watching uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Real? No spoilers. Uh, no. I, it's, it's, I mean, it's the same old story. Even white people stealing people's land. That's all. Oh, sure. And, and, I mean, you know, natural order of things. There was, this, this, and um, I was reading, because uh, um, I know there's a lot of um, pushback um, about how how do we let other people tell, you know, uh, our stories or, you know, melanated folks' stories. And because I know people were kind of upset. And I was trying to, I, I know they did have an old sage um, person there for the dialogue and the, for the language aspect of the movie. But um, to see, you know, you got to wonder who's telling our stories and different people's stories. But there was this one line in the article that they were talking about, it's called a slow genocide. Um, and that's basically what happened in that story and what's happened, you know, not just to native people, but to black people. And it's just, I'm like slow genocide. Wow. That's, that's, that speaks, that says a lot without saying a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it absolutely does. And if this was some uh, newly minted film school director, or maybe it was the, some film school director's senior project, I'm thinking of like Kevin Reynolds and Fandango. Uh, senior projects are a thing. Yeah, I'd say, no, nah, let this story be told about it. This is Martin Scorsese. Right? It is. And, and De Niro and, and stuff like that. So... But it was, I think one of the complaints was trying to make what, no, because I can't really say what the complaint, I mean, because you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to say anything else. Right, my, my, my only question is, it is a three and a half hour movie. Dude, let me tell you something, that's why your girl watched it at home. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I want to see, I want to, I want to see it on the big screen. I'd like to have somebody to go to the movies with. But it, uh, I, oh, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, my, three and a half hours is a lot of movie. I, did it need every? Did it? Did it? No, 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 no. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff in there that uh, could have been taken out. You know, I mean, uh, but it, it, I mean, the movie didn't really start taking off until like way at least an hour into the movie. I mean, it was a good movie, but... There was a lot I of exposition. Think, yes, I think had I seen it at the actual movies, I don't know if I could have hung. And, and, so, and so my next project, my next take is going to be Oppenheimer. And that's another, what, three and a half? Is it three hours? Mm-hmm. You know, again, but see, I'm watching these at home. And I have a really, I have a 70-inch television, so I'm cool. I mean, I wanted to see these movies at the movies, at the actual in the actual theater, but I know what my bladder's like, and I know how I like getting the big soda and the big popcorn. Yes. The big soda and big popcorn don't work well with a three and a half hour movie with no intermission. 
Oh, so there is no intermission. No, if, if you see, there, there's an intermission if you if you live at, if you're watching it at home because it's called the pause button. Yeah, why? Why? Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's called hitting pause, but at the theater, no. It's like, what did I go see? Oh, it was, it was a con. There was another movie that I saw a few months back that was about a two and a half three hour movie. Uh, oh, the, Ava- the the last Avatar movie. That was another long one, and that, there was no intermission in that one either. So, but I mean, I I I'm still I'm, I'm I'm the jury still. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I would have enjoyed it so much if I had to sat through it for three and a half hours at the movie theater because I dozed a couple of times. While I was watching it, but I, you know, I don't, not so much that has some, a lot to do with the movie, but the fact that I was tired. So that part, and because it's slow, it is one of those, I call it sleep watching. So it's like I fall asleep while watching something and then I wake up and I'm like, okay, how much did I watch this? And then I rewind it to the last thing I remember. So stuff like that. Yeah. Like I've said before, the last movie that I... I had not been to the movie theater since before the pandemic, Tracy. Until until I went to see Barbie. And the thing is, I did not leave intending to see Barbie. Or at least I didn't start out uh, intending to see Barbie. I wanted to either see uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Pocket Watch of Time or whatever it was. Or Oppenheimer. Well, I'm glad you didn't see... And I I could not be happier... I'm glad you went and saw Barbie. That I saw Barbie a, instead. I got right, all I got all cuted up in pink and had my pink mm-hmm. bag and and had a, had a, had a lovely time. And I still think and I still think the final scene of Barbie is one of the best ending scenes of a comedy I've ever ever. But you know yeah. I'm biased. That part. Well, yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, well, you know, she. She has, it's like if anybody, if a breeze goes by our front door, she has to bark. I mean, her hackles are up, her tail is up, she's ready to go. It's like, it's like, Katie, please. No, 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 that, that was the best ending ever. So, because you got to. Yeah, there's people haven't seen it. And I said, you just got to wonder, huh? Yeah. That's all I said. Yeah. I yeah. didn't say nothing. Well, I, 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 let's put it this way. I had a certain specialized identification with that scene. And I know you did, sis. I know you did. That part. So, it, 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 you know, and, and you know, I thought about you. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely positively did. So, you know, but... I, I'm just, I'm, I, you know, I'm glad you got, you know, you got out to see a movie, and the first movie that you saw after, you was know, fun and thought provoking and uplifting and, and uplifting and affirming, and no matter how much the, the incel haters hated it and stuff, the men bashing and blah, blah, blah. shut up, cry baby, <laughs> shut up incel, shut up you incel, you know, go back to your mother's basement. And and, and, and and plot that. Why is your left really hand stupid. covered in Cheeto dust? Yeah. What? I didn't say anything. Oh, for the, did you see that text? Right, O'Neill died. 
Yeah, I did see that. Oh, God, he was a gorgeous man. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> what? I mean, I, what? In the seventies, I love me some Ryan O'Neill. Love story. No, but we all want to, you know, when when uh, when uh, when a queer black woman says that was one gorgeous man. Right. You know, you, know. You, you know, we're talking, we're we're in, we're deep into gorgeous man territory. Right, right, right. But remember, I haven't always always identified as queer. So remember, Ryan O'Neill was part of my growing <laughs> up in the late seven in the late seventies, early eighties. So come on, I mean the movies that he did with with Barbara Streisand, What's Up Doc in the main event. Come on, talk about screwball comedy. Well, the main event wasn't so much a screwball comedy as was uh, What's Up Doc. Oh, What's Up Doc yeah. was nuts. Oh, What's Up Doc was just the best. And uh, a young Madeline Kahn. Oh my God. Oh my God. Howard? Oh my God. <laughs> that voice. Howard? <laughs> that taffeta, darling. Taffeta. Taffeta. No, the dress is taffeta. <laughs> oh. Some, some evenings this, pro- this program is just disconnected, disconnected movie lines. And that's okay. Right. But that's okay. But that's okay because you know we gotta we gotta give it up to Ryan O'Neill because the man, the fact that you know he he lived longer than anybody probably expected him to, considering his you know struggles with um, substance abuse and stuff like that. You know, and even in the later stuff that he did, he was still good. So you 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 gotta give it to him. You know. I, I'm pretty sure the rest of them, like Robert Redford and all the other ones, are like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, that was another one. Okay, I'm sorry. That was rude. That was a, that, that was a little less than called for. <laughs> I know, but still, they probably, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, no, it's, you know, Ryan O'Neill was the, I don't know, was Ryan O'Neill the poor girl's Robert Redford? Or, did, or, or was he in the category all to No, I think he's just a generation after. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure? Because Robert Redford and I don't know they're not the same age. Yeah, he was uh, no. Uh, Robert Redford's in his eighties, and uh, Ryan O'Neill was what seventy-eight. Well, okay. Uh, wait, wait, well, hold, I mean, hold, wait. Let me, let me, let me check here because I want to get it right. I, I got the New York Times uh, notification a minute ago. Uh, oh, he was eighty-two. I'm sorry. Yeah, so like I said, they were. This is going to no. I I I asked. Uh, I wondered because you know this is going to play. Uh, you, can you can you hear the can you hear the tripe going up on tripe social right now? Condolences no. to the friends and family of Brian O'Neill. He died oh, at eighty-two, no. which is just a oh, few no. months older than crooked oh, Joe Biden, yes. who will soon be dead too. And how, and that, Remind me, sis, how old is is, is the um, Mendacious Mango? Uh, 77. Same age as so Jimmy how, Buffett when he died. Uh-uh-uh. Not, not, not saying, just saying. Not saying, just saying. Not, you know, it is, I, I again, I just, it's been a week. First Norman Lear, and, well, now, wait, 
Was he the first to go this week? I don't. I th- yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, and then, you know, Ryan O'Neill today. So, it comes in threes. So, but no, I mean, I, I, like I said, I have fun. I, I like Ryan. I think I, the, the difference between, for me, between Ryan O'Neill and Robert Redford, because they were both hurt. They, they were some pretty white boys. It was just something, it seemed like Ryan O'Neill was seen to be a little bit more approachable. I don't know. That's why I think I called him the poor girl's Robert Redford. There was just something. He seemed a lot more, even though him and Redford aren't that far apart in age. It just, I think Ryan O'Neill seemed a little bit more youthful. Except for when you think of Robert Redford in um, the Sting movies and on and uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. But after that, you know, I don't, I. I don't remember Robert Redford being quite after those two, those three movies. I think I remember Robert Redford being funny. You know, he had the all those other series, movies, and stuff like that. So, and then he became the Sundance Film Festival guy. So there's that yeah. too. Yeah, because well, I mean, for me, I mean, Robert Redford was a fantastic is a fantastic actor. I think he's retired. Right, uh, but. My my benchmark was always Paul Newman. Yes. And now 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 and, now, now that's a gorgeous. Now, ooh, those blue eyes, Lord Jesus. Uh, yeah, all those eyes, yeah. And you know, and so so many so many great movies. But uh, it comes down when if I have to name a favorite Paul Newman film, it's either Cool Hand Luke, mm-hmm. or and this is kind of a dark horse, Slapshot. Slapshot. Nope. I I I I got you on that, sis. I got you on that. But of course, you know you because you know Cool Hand Luke is both of our movies, and of course you know what the late great Strother Martin. What we have and here. Anything, anything with Strother Martin. Strother Martin. What we have here is a failure to communicate. And George Kennedy too, for that matter. Oh yes. George, I mean, you know, you're talking the character actors of character actors. Those are the, the people, you know, uh, like even be, like before Ernest Borg and I became, you know, big, but he was never really like superstar big. But anything that movie that he was in made the movie better. Oh, uh, the, the the horse trader in True Grit. Lawyer Daggett, Lawyer Daggett. She draws that Lawyer Daggett like a gun. You know what, Robin? If we're going to get into uh, Paul Newman movies, you can't forget The Towering Inferno with Paul Newman and Steve McQueen. I know, but it's such a Irwin. It's so Irwin Allen. Uh, but just for you, just for you, Tracy, I did cue this up. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I think I'm going to leave that in the rotation because it just comes in so damn handy. You have to keep that. These are the things that you keep in the rotation. So when, at a moment's notice, because basically that's what's happening in this country right now. And honestly, I'm not particularly proud of it. it was, uh, Annette and I were very loving parents, but early on, we, we actually put this, I mean, 
Them clothes got laundry numbers on them. You remember your number and always wear the ones that has your number. Any man forgets his number, spends a night in a box. These here spoons you keep with you. Any man loses his spoon, spends a night in a box. There's no plain grab ass or fighting in the building. You got a grudge against another man, you fight him Saturday afternoon. Any man playing grab ass or fighting in the building spends a night in a box. First bell is at five minutes of eight. When you will get in your box. Last bell is at eight. Any man not in his bunk at eight spends a night in a box. There's no smoking in the prone position in bed. To smoke, you must have both legs over the side of your bunk. Any man caught smoking <coughs> in the prone position in bed spends a night in the box. You get two sheets every Saturday. You put the clean sheet in the top, the top sheet in the bottom, the bottom sheet you turn in the laundry boy. Any man turns in the wrong sheet spends a night in the box. Which no one will sit in the bunks with dirty pants on. Any man with dirty pants on sitting on a bunk spends a night in the box. Any man don't bring back his empty pop bottle spends a night in the box. Any man loud talking spends a night in the box. I'm responsible for order in here. Any man don't keep order spends a night in the box. <sighs> night in the box. <laughs> there was no box, but still. I don't see anybody playing grab ass. Night in the box. And wait, 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 wait. We, we got another nominee. Matt in San Francisco. Matt, you are so not wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me. Gregory Peck. Those looks, with that Those voice, he floods voice. my basement. I, mm, Speaking I, of Gregory Peck, when were you going to tell me that that young, the young man that plays Spock is his on, grandson? His grandson, bitch. How you going to hold that information from you? Me? Didn't sort that out. Bitch, no. Only reason, I mean, because I've been meaning to say this since you know I started watching it. Because remember. I'm late on the game. I didn't start. Wa- I just started watching it by accident, and and now I'm I'm like a crack whore trying to remember, you know, wait for the next ep- you know, the next installment. So this is I'm 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 glad you told me about it, but I'm very angry that I probably won't be able to see any new episodes until 2025. But Ethan Peck, that's his name. That uh-huh. is now. Now that's another pretty white boy. See, see, we got the pretty white boy. Oh, and the relationship <laughs> between him and Nurse Chapel is just. <laughs> Girl. But here's okay. Now I'm going back to the box thing because so you know Spitz and I in the box. So, so now I'm thinking, <laughs> what was the movie? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> but with, uh, and it's just because of how my mind works. With Matt referencing Gregory Peck, that took me to another, and and God, I love this scene so much. It's TV, it's not Gregory Peck, but I think it's probably the best Gregory Peck impression ever done. Uh Uh-oh. You want me to handle that for you? Uh, can you? Okay, so it's Barney Miller. Steve Landisberg is in in the apartment of a woman who is being bothered by another guy. And, he had a great voice. And so, and and so, the doorbell rings, and this happens. You want me to handle that for you? Uh, can you say "Go away, Beverly is busy" in a very masculine voice? <laughs> Go away, Beverly is busy. <laughs> Just like Gregory Peck. Yeah, I know. I can't help it. Do it again. 
way, Beverly is busy. It's really very good. Go away. Beverly is busy. I don't know if he can hear you from here. Uh. <laughs> Howard? Go away. Beverly is busy. We've made other plans, and they don't include you. This isn't Howard, Mr. Peck. Biff. Biff? Biff Waltman. He's in my sex education class. It's not Howard, Mr. Peck. <laughs> Because at that point, Gregory Peck was still alive. Oh, God, that's just, I'm sorry. That's just so proud. Oh. oh, wow. Steve Landisberg. Oh. You, you know, shows like, you know, Barney Miller. And, uh, and you know, of course, with the passing of Norman Lear, um, with all his shows, I mean... You know how we have the MC, you know the the Marvel universe now. Norman Lear had his own universe. How many shows did he have? There were spinoffs of the spinoffs of spinoffs. Well, and and they were all they they were all uh, uh, pickoffs of British TV. Oh really? I didn't. Yeah, know that. Uh, All in the Family was based on Till Death Do We Part, which was much more brutal. And Sanford and Sons was the son was based on Steptoe and Son. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Matt just said, keep it up, Roxanne, and I'm going to need a sump pump. <laughs> cowbell, cowbell. Yes. Cowbell. Absolutely. Uh, ben, oh. you. Uh, it, yeah, you were you you were saying, or was that just the tower? Was that the towering inferno comment? But let's uh, let's let's keep it rolling around the room. We've reached the halfway point of the program again. Six sixty-five to finish the week, and if we could do that, that'd be great. Or some portion thereof. Hey, hey Robin. Uh, sorry, to, yes, I'm hey. sorry to chime in. No, don't be sorry. Okay, chime. Hey, um, I'm. I've been looking for this, you know, you had said or we discussed recently and this week about this appeal that Trump lost in New York about yes. the, what was it, what was the appeal? It was the appeal of the summary judgment. Because I don't find anything on the court docket of that decision. I mean, I, I had the story yesterday and, it, and there were quotes from the opinion. Hmm. He got his ass handed to him. He got his he ass handed to him. to him again today on the gag order as well. Oh, glorious. Yeah. Glorious. Apparently they limited, I just saw a New York Times, they limited the gag order in the federal case. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. Um, on another note, I haven't received Kevin's address yet. I've, I've got that. It, uh, I tried to send it last night. I'm just going to have to retype it That's fine. in, t in That's its entirety. Fine. It's fine. Oh, I just, 
I just don't okay. want I don't want him to miss the uh, the bourbon things. No, no. When you said I don't have Kevin's address yet, I didn't know you were talking about a, a, a listener. I was thinking you, you, you didn't have you know fucking with Kevin McCarthy and sitting in the condolence car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is weird. I don't see this. I don't see this on the uh, appellate court docket. Yeah, it, well, that's that's that was the central question. Was that the intermediate court or was that Albany? Well, it wouldn't be Albany because um, Albany would not rule. I don't know. Maybe he. Uh, you know what? I'll check. Um, uh, if you have the article, it's long since gone. I, I kill articles oh, after okay. I do them. Robin. Uh, yeah, Ben. Do you drive from Texas to Boston? What? Yeah, a friend of mine, her, her mom and dad and her family went up to Boston and they drove 28 hours from Belton, Texas to Boston. Gracious sakes. I said, why don't you guys just fly? And she said, because it's better to see the sights while you're driving. I get that. Yeah. But God, 28 hour drive? Mm-mm. And break it, you know. No, you break you break it up and 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 have fun along the way, unless you're in some sort of a dire hurry. <gasps> oh, uh, by the way, uh, jump jumping in with uh, his list of greatest Paul Newman films, uh, Reverbo, out in Colorado says uh, Newman had a long career to be sure. And if I had to pick three, they would be Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Butch Cassidy, and The Sting. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, without no, no, no. What about absence of malice? Uh, sure, but a uh, cat on a hot tin roof. Oh my God. Ooh, sexy. They're gay without them saying that they're gay. Yeah, and Burl Ives as Big Daddy. Oh. And it was, and was it Paul Newman yelling, "God damn it, Big Daddy"? Probably. And and Butch Cassidy, you know that. I can't swim. So that. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, and uh, this is just kind of fun. Um, so we we recall yesterday how Comer Pyle. Oh, come on! A little cooperation would be nice. Uh, Colmer Pyle addressing Leah Thomas, or not Leah Thomas, uh, 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 Riley Grimey, or Riley Gaines, you know, the, the, the woman who's all pissed off because she had to share fifth place with Leah Thomas. Oh, Jesus. Um, if Leah Thomas had not tied for fifth place with, with her, she would still have been in fifth place, but she's made an industry out of being butthurt about it. And she is a, you know, she's she's a she's a far better grifter than she ever was a swimmer. And so all the, the you know, all the little maggots and transformers, Leah, Leah, talk, a, a biological male took her. And so uh, Comer Pyle in the hearing said, "You are the greatest women swimmer in in in, in American college women swimming." And she wasn't even close.
Well, um, you know how every now and then we'll catch Republicans having a hissy because they read a satire website and took it for gospel? Mm-hmm. We've got one. A satirical website published a satirical story about how the NCAA said it was going to take away Leah Thomas's trophies and give them to Riley Grains, the female swimmer with the boy's name. Irony not included. They fell for it. The bio of the, the of the website says, "This is satirical comment. Everything but flashing lights, for God's sakes." But that's okay. That's how bias confirmation works, you know. So embarrassing. Oh, it absolutely is. And these are the people running our country. So now that McCarthy's retiring and Santos is gone, so the margin that's the the is what two now? As far uh, as three, uh, well, I think three, three. Once he's gone. Okay, we are back and running and recording. Wildly frustrating. Okay. Now, where were we? Hope all my tabs ain't gone. Huh. How about that? All my tabs are gone. Yeah, thank you, Brother Deacon. Uh, We are back. in the chat room. Okay. So, uh, everybody stop being all silent. Or maybe I lost you all too. No? Well, join call. Okay. There she is. There she is. Yeah, she didn't even know she was gone, but she was. Uh, that was weird. I kept saying, anybody, everybody, and I'd, I'd look at, I'd look at the, the screen, and it's like, there's everybody. No, 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 everyone's gone. Um, so, you're going to the movies, Roger. That's, that's the last I heard. I'm going to the movies to see uh, Sarah Bareilles in Waitress. That'll be fun. Well, the last time I saw her on the stage was when she was in high school playing Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. In high school. Yeah, when she was a high school student. Name dropper. Well, I, no, I'm, she's about the only person that's nationally known that I ever 
new in high school. Now I'm playing. So I was going to ask you, Roger, you, you, since you manage fermentation projects, that does qualify as you, qualify you as a Zimmergist, doesn't it? As a what? Zimmergist. Never heard the word. Uh, okay, I, I don't want to mess this up, but... The Scientific Study of Fermentation. Z-Y-M-U-R-G-Y. What was that spelling again? Z-Y-M-U-R-G-Y. Zimmergy. Scientific Study of Fermentation. Uh, or winemaking. Well, it's winemaking, beer. It's in, it's anything having to do with uh, uh, the cultivation of yeasts and other uh, fermentation agencies, agents. Okay. Uh, I think that I'll have to keep that on file, and the next time that I'm a mentor at a master food preserver table, instead of calling us the fermenters, we, I ought to get them to change it to Zimmerologists. No, you're Zimmergists. Zimmergists, all right. Learn something new every day that I listen to this program. I love that. Oh, and this, uh, you know, we've been talking about the accidents of Craven McCarthy. Apparently... According to CBS News, I mean, we know he's Craven McCarthy, which means he's Craven, right? Now, well, here's how Craven. Interviewed by CBS News, it'll air on Sunday, I presume, on 60 Minutes. Um, Robert Costa did the interview. Robert Costa said, well, uh, would you... Consider serving in a Trump cabinet and <laughs> Craven gonna Craven. Will Donald Trump be the nominee? Yes. And the Republican Party? Yes. And if Biden stays as the nominee for the Democrats, I believe Donald Trump will win. I believe the Republicans will gain more seats in the House and the Republicans will win the Senate. Can he count on your support? Yes. That's an endorsement. I will support the president. I will support President Trump. Would you be willing to serve in a Trump cabinet? Hold on. Before we get there, is that an endorsement? I will support the president, <clears throat> or President Trump. Somebody's somebody's uh, going all election denier. But there's the, there there's the important question: Would you serve in a Trump cabinet? Trump cabinet. In the right position, look, if, I, if I'm the best person for the job, yes. Look, I've I worked with President Trump on a lot of policies. I, we work together to win the majority. But we also have a relationship where we're very honest with one another. Well, uh, should there be, like, a sad trombone there or something? <laughs> He's pathetic, isn't he? 
Oh, he's delusional. Delusional. But the other thing, we talked about the gag order. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals mostly upheld Judge Chutkin's gag order. In the opinion release, the court said, the order is affirmed to the extent it prohibits all parties and their counsel from making or directing others to make public statements about known or reasonably foreseeable witnesses concerning their potential participation in the investigation or in this criminal proceeding. Uh, They did, however, leave the door open so that Julius Geezer could continue to attack Special Counsel Jack Smith, but he can't attack other members of the prosecutorial team. So, in other words, the D.C. Circuit Court said it would be okay if uh, Nitwit Nero leverages stochastic terrorism to try to get Jack Smith murdered, but not other members of his special prosecution team murdered. The order is also affirmed to the extent it prohibits all parties in their counsel from making or directing others to make public statements about, one, counsel in the case other than the special counsel, members of the court's staff and counsel staffs, the family members of any counsel or staff member, if, it's a great big giant whopping howling if, If those statements are made with the intent to materially interfere with or cause others to materially interfere with counsel's or staff's work in this criminal case, or with the knowledge that such interference is highly likely to result. Uh, Steve in New York, you want to take a run at this? Sorry, I was on mute. Say it again, I couldn't hear you. Oh, I was just talking about the the, the court, the D.C. Circuit Court, and their order on their the, the gag order. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that uh, uh, neither counsel nor parties can uh, make public statements about counsel in the case other than the special counsel, members of the court staff and counsel staff, side, Steve. the family members of any counsel or staff member, and then the big if. See if this one does if this does for you what it does for me. If those statements are made with the intent to materially interfere with or to cause others to materially interfere with counsel's or staff's work in this criminal case, or with the knowledge that such interference is highly likely to result. Uh, <laughs> That's an order with no teeth. It not only has no yeah. teeth, it has no gums. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, I mean, the, the the various arguments of what that means are about it are as about as big as the eye of the needle would have to actually be for a camel to walk through it. Now, I was thinking um, this is about angels dancing on pinheads. It's meaningless. It, it's well. It's, it it, mean, it's, it uh, means that before action could be taken, instead of saying no, don't do this, they set up this materially interfere with, mm-hmm. or with the knowledge. That means you've got to prove that. Right. You, it, so you've got to have no. a trial within a trial. Once he violates the order, which he will. And well, then, the other thing, 
the other thing too is what would be the standard? Would it be a clear and convincing? Would it be a beyond a reasonable doubt? Would preponderative? It be a, uh, yeah. Preponderance. I mean, it's, it as long I would guess it's got to be it's going to be clear and convincing because it's not a criminal charge as such. But it implicates a fundamental right. Yeah. Well, and then and then they kind of apologized to Trump. I thought it was sweet. We do not allow such an order lightly. Mr. Trump is a former president and current candidate for the presidency. And there's a strong public interest in what he has to say. But Mr. Trump is also an indicted criminal defendant. And he must stand trial in a courtroom under the same procedures that govern all other criminal defendants. That is what the rule of law means. Meanwhile, we still can't find out, find out find whether he was ordered to surrender his passport or what the amount of his fucking bond was. So he's already not being governing governed as is the case with all other criminal defendants. So he will so he will appeal and it gets so Byzantine. He will appeal the three George, the three judge panel's order and either go ask for an en banc or go straight to the Supreme Court. I would oh guess he'll God. go en banc and then the Supreme Court because that will further delay matters. It's all about delay. That's all this is. That's all this is. I have a story about a problem which Trump has uh, exacerbated. We've had for years. Just one? Loosen- well, no, but this is a one problem that's coming up, and I'll prove my point here in a second. This is a story you'll like, Steve, to sort of tie into you, so get ready. So we all know that Steve uh, – not Steve, sorry. Trump is big on all oh, the Democrats are doing this to me. It's never I committed crimes. It's the Democrats are doing it. It's not that it's you committed a crime or prosecuted your crimes. It's that we're Democrats doing it. Except all uh, the witnesses are Republicans. Except all the witnesses. This story is about a guy who used to be a sheriff here in this state. Two years ago, he was a deputy sheriff, and they had a guy they brought in on drunkenly disorder. He was handcuffed behind his hands. He spit on this deputy at the time. The deputy kicked him in the stomach and forcefully knocked him back into a cement barrier with his head. Mind you, this guy could not protect himself. I'm not saying spinning is correct. It's a vile thing to do, but attack someone who can't defend himself, that's beyond the, the, the pale. And so, dude died, right? No, no, dude oh. didn't die. He got seriously hurt. Well, in the meantime, this same creeper ran for a sheriff's position, full sheriff's position, in one of my counties last year, my home county, and won. Meanwhile, the certification board's been looking at this last week. They moved to decertify him. All the board members voted that he went beyond and above what he should have done in this situation by attacking this guy who could not defend himself, clear or girl, I don't know what it was, and all decertified him. All but one voted, but it was enough to get it through. He had a hearing today <laughs> because now they're thinking about firing him. He just can't go out in his cruiser and do police work in the car right now. He can still be in the office, but they're looking to remove him completely. And his excuse is, this is the liberals and the Democrats attacking me. It's not what I did. It's the liberals and Democrats coming after me in this state. It's just, it's, it's just spread across the country. Yeah, fake news. 
Right. Fake, fake news. news, right. It's not my, I didn't do it. It's blame someone else for what I did. And I mean, I, I said all along in this case, I post a lot. You've probably seen a couple of stories around you pay attention. It's right and wrong here. I don't care what his politics are. I don't care anything else about him. What he did was clearly wrong in any sense of the measure to kick someone that's unarmed, especially when they're handcuffed behind their back in retaliation. Yeah. I, like I said, spitting isn't right. It's a bad thing. I was drunk, but pretty sure not, that pretty sure that deputy yeah. is not the first deputy ever to be spat on. Well, he was caught on camera doing. It. That's what it was. He was caught on camera. There's camera evidence of doing it. That's where. And that got, probably helped him be elected, leader. Jeremy. It did in a certain segment, yes. But it also helped get him decertified and more likely than fired as soon as the board comes back on this. Well, one hopes, but I'm sure that'll go to court. Well, when the when the uh, gag order when the gag order story came out, na- naturally, um, Tangerine Tiberius ran to Tripe Social to put out a tripe, at least for as long as it continues to you know exist, um, and said, "An appeals court has just largely upheld the gag order against me in the ridiculous J6 case." where the unselect January 6th committee deleted and destroyed almost all documents and evidence, saying that I could be barred from talking and, in effect, telling the truth. In effect. Doing a lot of work there, in effect. In other words, people can speak violently and viciously against me or attack me in any form, but I'm not allowed to respond in kind. What is becoming of our First Amendment? What is becoming of our country? We will appeal this decision. Oh, my Jesus. And and so that's the new line of the new paranoid line of attack that somehow or another there are um, uh, there are exculpatory documents that will show I'm not sure what and that the January 6th committee deliberately destroyed it. Now Judge Chutkin has already said that doesn't exist. She didn't say. It's a product of your own sick, fevered imagination, but that's that's part of it. But now, once his lawyers explain to him, listen, you can say anything you want to about about Jack Smith. I I haven't read that he does, but I hope to goodness that Jack Smith has an entire freaking phalanx of federal marshals and FBI agents around him. Because unlike the guy who got caught going to the uh, 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 beer booth and Bratt's house, this guy, the, the people that follow Trump aren't going to pull up short. Jack Smith's life is in more danger. Maybe well, I hope Jack. He's a, he's a good. He's a fantastic freaking public servant and, and and trial lawyer. I damned well hope he knows the danger he's in. Because these ma- the maggots are homicidal maniacs. On the other hand, however, uh, Lisa Rubin was on uh, uh, my filthy morning habit today, and she seems to have some pretty solid insights to like the fraud trial in in New York, and he's planning on testifying Monday, the eleventh. And we've talked I think about I read that. Yeah, we've talked about this in the past about how anyone who represents uh, uh, 
Clementine Caligula eventually figures out they have a, a client they cannot control. And a client who will not heed advice of counsel. And may well put them in position of having to have that little, uh, Your Honor, I need a sidebar moment where they, um, uh, I, I move to be, uh, ex- leave. I, I'd like to have leave of the court to be excused from this case. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Your Honor. And they're getting perilously close. According to Ms. Rubin, Monday is making them, uh, uh, the 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 Trump petty foggers uh, put racing stripes in their shorts. Defense team presented in the New York $250 million civil fraud trial. His lawyers interviewed an accounting expert who said the case against the Trump organization was baseless. The New York attorney general accuses Trump's namesake company of filing false financial statements in order to receive favorable bank deals. Judge Arthur N. Gorin, who is presiding over the case, has already ruled that the Trump organization committed fraud and dissolved some of Trump's businesses as a result. Yesterday, a panel of state appellate division judges paused that decision. That means the stay the attorney general's office previously agreed on would remain in place until the full court hears and rules on Trump's appeal. That likely won't come until next year after the fraud trial is over. Trump is scheduled to testify for his defense on Monday. Joining us now, former litigator, MSNBC legal analyst Lisa Rubin. Lisa was in the courtroom yesterday. Uh, Lisa, great to see you. So we're going to hear from the defendant himself on Monday with some testimony. But tell us about what you saw yesterday. The Trump team bringing in an expert, a tax attorney, who said effectively, as defense teams will find someone to say for them from time to time, what he did wasn't so bad, actually. Yeah, Ellie Bartol, who's an accounting professor at NYU's Stern School of Business, came in yesterday and he gave all the testimony that Trump could have dreamed of. He essentially said there was nothing wrong with the financial statements. In reviewing them for every year between 2011 and 2021, he found no indicia of fraud, no gap violations. Those are the accounting standards that govern how the financial statements have to be presented. He also said that they contained a warning to anybody reading them to do your own diligence. And he compared it to the Surgeon General's warning on a box of cigarettes. Mm. If I were the Trump Organization, for example, I might not want to be compared to a health hazard. Mm. But they seem to welcome that comparison. And then he said that Deutsche Bank, in fact, did do its due diligence. And he went through their credit reports and showed where they had data that wouldn't have been evident to them through the financial statements alone and drew from that the fact that Deutsche Bank must have asked for and got more information from the Trump organization that allowed them to come to the conclusion that he was creditworthy. There's so much legal trouble surrounding Donald Trump that people tend to lose track of it all. You are eyes inside the courtroom. So as he takes the stand on Monday, what does this case look like? How's it going for him right now? I don't think it's going particularly well. Let me resist your question to one extent. I'm not positive Donald Trump is going to testify. I can tell you, looking at you here, I know Donald Trump wants to testify. But his lawyers desperately wanted to lift the gag order that's still in place. They weren't able to do so. They asked Judge Ngoran to pause the trial. He would not do so. 
And they told me to my face the day before they weren't going to ask him that because they knew how it was going to go. That signals to me they are afraid of having their client on the stand and inches away from that principal law clerk he can't talk about when he testifies. I will tell you also, he didn't answer any questions yesterday in the hallway. He speechified. He never does, by the no, way. No, he doesn't. No, but he usually actually takes a little bit here or there. And our folks who are in the hallway who follow him on the campaign trail said he was unusually disciplined in the sense that while he attacked and gave his usual Trumpian talking points, he would not engage with any of the press corps assembled in the hallway. So all this is to say, I'll believe he takes the stand when he does. Mm. Lisa, let's turn to another Trump legal matter, uh, the appeal that his team filed in Washington on the federal January 6th case, the election interference case, clearly an effort to stall. Uh, yep. suggesting that it's an appeal that, that could find its way all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, but in the interim, they're asking, like, hey, all the deadlines on this case should freeze until we get a resolution there. So give us your assessment of, of that tactic. And do you think it could be successful? I think it's a really interesting application and more interesting today than it was last week. That's because a D.C. Circuit panel last week decided in a different January 6th constellation of cases, three civil cases brought by people injured on January 6th, that essentially those immunity issues have to be resolved before discovery in the case. Now, this is a criminal case, not a civil case. Donald Trump got all the discovery that the Department of Justice had for the most part on day one of that trial, I'm sorry, day one of that case after indictment, and he's been taking advantage of it for several months now. So I'm not sure that that carries water. Indeed, the Department of Justice or the special counsel's office may say here, too little, too late. You could have asked to stay this case a long time ago. You did. Judge Chutkin said no, you didn't appeal that then. We're going to go forward. All right, a lot going on with Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden is facing a major new legal challenge this oh, morning Jesus after he Christ. was indicted on nine tax-related charges. Yeah, I, I, we, we know that. Here yeah. we go. I know. <laughs> who, want, who, wants, who wants to sing? You want to take Hunter a... Biden, Hunter Biden, the big guys of our time. We will hear about Hunter Biden till we're all fit to lose our minds. Why did the DOJ do that? I mean, we're living in bizarro world. Out in California, no less. Here in Georgia, we're indicting them. Shouldn't it be the other way around? <laughs> I mean, my God. Hey, Steve. Hey, Robin. I'm about to lose my mind. You know, the, the Georgia Bulldogs have been eliminated. The lowly Falcons are in first place. And I'm listening to a book by Liz Cheney. What the hell is going on around here? What man? has happened to your life? <laughs> what has happened? Everything is upside down. But yeah, I mean, they were, they were so breathless in reporting the Hunter Biden stuff. Oh, they couldn't wait. And forgive me, for, forgive me, but I don't care. <laughs> no, I don't if he's if he's guilty. He he's guilty. It might even it might even be a fixed job. I mean, was this David Weiss in California with the candlestick? I mean, is it the same special prosecutor? He had somebody pay it. Who cares who paid it? It's been paid. I don't no blood, no foul. I don't get it, man. Well, but that doesn't that doesn't really count, you know, if your last name's Biden. <laughs> yeah. But the fact of the matter is, the the case is what the case is. If it's enough to it's an, if it's enough to result in a in a guilty verdict, ah, yeah. Honestly, what I worry about is the stress from worrying. You know, he's all Biden. 
<clears throat> President Biden has is all too well experienced in losing loved ones. He's already lost one son. He lost a child or children in the car wreck that took his first wife. Mm-hmm. And no. this isn't me signing on to the, you know, Joe Biden's so goddamn old. That's not it. Oh, no. uh-uh. Anyone, I know where you're going. The stress, the, same the stress of worrying about your child under any circumstance. That's kind of why I led the. That's why I kind of led the program with the story of Kevin Kramer's son killing a cop negligently in North Dakota. I don't ever. I don't. I don't know that he will. But I don't ever want to hear the name Hunter Biden come out of Kevin Kramer's mouth from now until the sun burns out. Regardless of, of the mental state of his son, Ian, Hunter Biden did not kill anyone. Kevin Kramer's son damned well did. We're here, and we should let it be none that we take no pleasure in that. None no. whatsoever. None. But it's like none of these maggot assholes think that anything, that, that, that they live in the same world with the rest of us. And it's just infuriating. But uh, the ongoing story that is the doom spiral, apparently, of uh, Mullah Mike Johnson, Mullah Moses Johnson, uh, he's been he's been attacked by uh, uh, Sporkfoot. over the National Defense Authorization Act and the trannies. Uh, and Johnson responded, Oh, you know, we fought to secure crucial wins in this year's NDAA, the annual federal law which sets our national defense policy. We fought to enhance our national defense by countering CCP aggression at home and abroad, to provide for our troops with a historic pay raise. And to ban critical race theory on drag shows. Yeah, because, you know, drag shows are going to be the collapse of the republic. Um, wait, wait, Robin, are you breaking news that um, Sporkfoot actually spoke ill of someone? I, I, I know. Uh, dog bites man, right? Hi, Christopher. Hey, how you doing? Hey, take a look in the chat when you get a chance. There's a new Horn family member. Oh, uh, the Skype chat or the chat chat? The uh, Skype chat. Okay. Let's see here. God, how do I get in the chat? It's so confusing. He's going to be a big boy. That's Arlo. Oh. Mm-hmm. There's my chat button. 
Oh, what a sweet boy. I know. There's some shepherd really in there. Is. Huh? There's definitely some shepherd in there. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of lab. We're thinking I was thinking maybe some collie or Yeah, border like collie border maybe. Collie with that with those white feet. Yeah. Or, or and it, because of the length, his length, maybe corgi. It possibly, but those ears. Uh-huh. And I bet they go around like radar dishes, Christopher. Uh-huh. They certainly do. Well, what, how old is he? He. This is his ninth week. He's finishing up his ninth week. Oh, he's a baby. Yes. And is 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 that his is that his favorite toy? I just got it for him, just uh, an hour ago. Is that Sonic? That's that's the Mandalorian. Oh, that's the Mandalorian. Yes. Oh, he's okay. Giant. He's throwing it around like a rag doll. Basically, he, his size. Is he barky? A little bit. You know, he's barking. Reflections. He's barking at himself hmm. all the time. I've got reflections all over the place here: the fireplace, the stove, the patio door, and he's always in the windows. And he, when he sees himself, he starts going crazy. Uh-huh. He hasn't seen the squirrels. Outside on the deck yet? That'll be interesting when he finally does. <laughs> uh huh. What a great name, Arlo. Right? My sister thought of that. Yeah, we uh, we well, uh, Annette and Margie decided that Shadow would be Shadow. They named him after the Golden Retriever in The Incredible Journey. But he was he was and he he you know he's an almost two year old golden retriever, and Christopher he has a bark, I mean a bark. Oh yeah. And he was nonplussed with Annette and me the other day, and was giving us both hail Columbia. <laughs> and I looked at Annette and I said, we should have named him Bob Barker. <laughs> Nobody around. Well, he is neutered, of course. I would assume. No, 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 no. Oh, he's not. No, he's intact. Oh, Bob Parker's rolling over his grave. Yeah, I know, but but I, I, said, I looked at it and I said, nobody around here is using Bob anymore. <laughs> Bob don't know. <laughs> oh, but he's such a beautiful dog. Just such a beautiful dog. He comes and runs into the bedroom and jumps up and says good morning and, and it's like oh. I can't stand how much I love that that, that, that pupper. And, and me, yeah. me, meanwhile, this I guy's it. stolen my heart pretty much. Yeah, it, it, it just, we, we haven't really spent a lot of time outside. I've been so busy with work. You know what? I would be but, careful. I would be careful right now about outside. I'd I'd maybe work I, on I, work on. There's a dog flu going around. Yes, Steve. Yes, yes. There's dog yeah. COVID. They say that's what yeah. they told me when I don't, went to get him. Don't let your dog socialize. Keep him away from dog parks, all that crap. Yeah. Yes. My neighbor's right. a vet, and I've been warned. Yeah, so, you know, we were looking forward to taking him out and walking him on the trails and introducing him. No. No. Mm-mm. No. Uh, this, he's, he's in he's in doggy lockdown. 
Nope. Now's not the time to board and go on vacation either. Mm-mm. No. No, that's why I waited till after San Francisco getting back. That's why my next trip is maybe in February. But, but the, yeah, this this maybe. doggy respiratory illness is fucking scary. It's really nasty. They had a big report on the news in San Francisco while I was there on it, like a like a half hour seg- full half hour segment dedicated to it. They it's really crazy. don't know what it is, or ha- other than OTC meds, they don't know how to treat it. Right. And apparently, the minute They're calling if it you, doggy COVID. Yeah, if you hear your dog cough once, go to the vet. Ah. And I had a story it's before scary. the I had a story before the crash here. And this is as to human populations. I forget if the headline said 15 or 25 states have frightening outbreak, outbreaks of some kind of respiratory illness. God, it's almost like we've been here before, you know? All right. Because it was. It was uh, this time, 2019, that we were hearing about a mystery illness that was running hot in China. I think I told this story. First of all, I work for a company that has a, two factories in China. And suddenly we found out, oh, yeah, they're, they're not going to be – they're in, uh, closing for a couple of weeks. We're like, why? I said, oh, yeah, there's something weird going on over there, like illness-wise. And then I went to go shopping – Christmas shopping, and I'm like, and I'm looking around on the shelves at the sporting goods store, and I'm like, are you going to get any more shipments? And he's like, I don't know, because the shipments are on hold right now from China. I'm like, what? So, yeah, it's exactly right. This was the time. And all the the business about, uh, because... China, you know, China is the new Russia as far because, you know, the, the maggots can't hate on Russia because their orange god emperor loves Mother Russia. But so you got to have a, and, and so today, the, the Rick Scott, you know, Senator Skeletor from Florida, the guy who basically put together the, the blueprint for what the Heritage Foundation turned into Project 2025. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's got a new mission in life, Skeletor Scott does. He's after sewage garlic from China. Uh, he's, he's, he's calling for uh, a half billion dollars in anti, anti, unpaid anti-dumping fees tied to the Chinese garlic industry, but what's really, really getting him is sewage garlic. But beyond these trade enforcement concerns, there is a severe public health concern over the quality and safety of garlic grown in foreign countries, most notably garlic grown in communist China. Because a bit, bit because I guess they fertilize garlic fields with poop. Yeah, kind of like what we do with lettuce here. 
Yeah, and that some of the poop happens to be human poop. Uh huh. Hey, look, we're oh yeah, that we managed we managed to stay away from going after dinner in uh, three time zones. But sorry, Pacific Daylight uh, East Standard Time Zone, it's your time in the sewage barrel. Robin. Yeah, but Robin, it's American American uh, capitalist poop, not. Yeah, we got good American. We got good American communist. Uh, we got good American capitalist sewage garlic here, because they grow the garlic and sewage, and they bleach it to make it appear whiter and cleaner. You know, kind of like Nikki Haley. Yeah, I went there. Um, <laughs> and how about how about how about and uh, and uh, uh, the Rick Scott says it's well documented in the public domain. I've been looking at blogs about cooking and home magazines and YouTube videos and documentaries. <sighs> yeah, yeah, uh, Robert, yes, could Ben. Could you imagine if we got a democracy in Russia and China, how different this world would be? I don't think it'd be that de- difficult. There's no guarantee, Ben, that democracy means good. Yeah, true. I mean, note that the note that North Korea, uh, note that the North North Koreans are the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or East Germany was the uh, uh, German Democratic Republic (DDP) Deutsche Democratic Party. No, Deutsche Democratic Deutsche Demokratische Republik. Yes, D- 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 DDR. Yeah, DDR. That's right. Uh, I I sit corrected, Steve. Uh, and doggone it, Jeff and Slow, I'm so sorry. I uh, just got a note. Uh, Jeff said, uh, too late for chocolates? Oh. Well. I wish it wasn't. It's pretty evident and clear that the maggots are trying to turn this into a dictatorship. Uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, I, with, I, regard I, to the, with regard to the garlic, a lot of uh, us grower-type folks have been screaming about Chinese garlic for for years, but it didn't have to do with sewage. It just has to do with the keep the commer- keep the domestic garlic farms working because they does are every- price dumping. Does everybody know how to tell the difference between uh, domestic garlic and, and Chinese garlic? And this isn't a joke. I, th- I think you I think you mentioned it, but I think it bears repeating. Okay, if you go to the grocery store. And the garlic bulbs are trimmed to where there are no root hairs on them at all. That is Chinese garlic. If there are root hairs on the garlic bulb, it's domestic. And the reason for that is that the Department of Agriculture has managed to demand that all imported garlic be cut so that there's no possibility of any soil particles on the roots of the garlic so they have to trim them off real close domestic garlic does not have to be trimmed so close so that's an easy way to tell you go to the grocery store you want to buy some garlic look and see that the roots aren't trimmed super tight that's interesting i've noticed is there a difference uh, roger between when you get some garlic and it's like a real white, white color, but, and then you get other garlic that has maybe like kind of purple streaks, has kind of a purplish tinge to it. There you know I mean? are humongous, uh, differences and varieties of garlic. 
the biggest differentiation is what's called hard neck garlic and soft neck garlic. Hard neck garlic has a stalk that comes up right through the center and the cloves are around it. Soft neck garlic does not have that stalk coming up through the center. Uh, and then from there on, you get all different varieties and, and all the rest of it. And they all have slightly different uh, colorations, slightly different texture, slightly different peelability, and slightly different flavor. But it's all garlic. And restaurant tip, if you ever see garlic scapes on the menu, get them. Get them immediately. Don't ask any other questions. Just get them. That comes from hardneck garlic, and the garlic scapes are the stalks that come up that creates a seed flower and a seed head on the garlic. And if you get fresh garlic scapes, which you can get at farmer's markets in the spring, uh, and mix it in with your sauerkraut, it makes the most divine sauerkraut with the garlic scapes in it. Oh, my goodness mm. gracious. I just wow. started spontaneously salivating. <laughs> and they actually dry real well too if you have a dehydrator and if your cabbage isn't ready to make sauerkraut when your garlic scapes come on you can cut them up dry them and then when your cabbage is ready to make sauerkraut you just put them in with your uh, cabbage and salt when you pack it down and you get the nice garlic flavored sauerkraut oh that sounds like heaven somebody make me a hot dog and that, that uh, by the way, that is one of the nice things about the, the holiday season. I was able to get a container of the Hickory Farms German style sweet hot mustard up at the Wiggle and Pig. Wow, and I have been so stinking happy. It was a little Hickory Farms display. Can't get it the rest of the year, but so I picked up a couple of bottles. Cuz I love it. It's got the it's got the heat of like a Chinese restaurant uh, mustard. And then just a little bit of sweet to it, and hooey on that beef stick summer sausage. Just beautiful. Beautiful. Um, oh, and uh, we are about 25 minutes away from the end of the program. If we could not go into this coming Monday with a uh, $930 fundraising hole, if we could finish off like Wednesday... That's thirty bucks, and then yesterday, that's three hundred. Uh, hopefully, it's not impossible. It's you know, it, I, any Friday on the front porch that zeroes things out is a Friday on the front porch community made miracle. But and and uh, as such, been yeah, been paying bills to a fairly well, believe you me, and uh, more yet in the offing. So. Maybe finish off Wednesday, thirty bucks, and see what we can do about yesterday, Thursday. That would be awfully, awfully, awfully helpful. Um, uh, Chinese garlic, Lee in New York says uh, the reason it's bad, it does not stop vampires, or it only stops Chinese vampires. I don't know. Somebody is somebody. See an opportunity. Somebody tell Rick Scott. See an opportunity here that Steve has missed, so I'm going to nail it. Uh, how does this uh, Greek, I mean, this is 
Chinese garlic tie into Asian Greek and Rome. <laughs> just you stop that. And Rick Skeletor, just another Republican criminal out walking free. Yeah, the uh, biggest Medicaid fraud in the history of the United States. How the, how the hell did that fucker stay out of jail? Unreal. I had, I had an interesting conversation with somebody yesterday at our doctor's appointment. Yeah. This was, and this is somebody that's said that they've been a lifelong Democrat since they were able to vote in 1966, that Biden is not the answer for the Democratic Party, and neither is the leader of the DNC. And he said with Biden and leader of the DNC, the Democratic Party is headed for failure. And who is the leader of the DNC? I don't know, but he said he's... I don't even know. <laughs> well, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. He said he's taken the DNC down the rabbit hole that we don't need to go down. Uh, was the guy you were talking you to? Reached. Hang on. Did the guy you were talking to happen to be a cranky old white man? No, he was actually African American. Huh? You should have reached across, slapped him in the face, and say, "Stop fucking watching TikTok, you moron!" Uh, no, oh, oh, shit's he, coming he, from. No, it was. I, I take it he was a total stranger. Um, yeah, he, he was probably. He's... You know, anytime someone ne- feels the need to begin a political discussion with a perfect stranger by saying. Oh, I've been a Democrat since uh, since uh, since Lyndon Johnson ran for Senate in Texas. Uh, you know, you're talking to a lifelong Republican. Uh, statements like that are often followed by, "Yeah, I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me." And then, and then he said, "If Trump and Biden are our only choices next year, we're fucked." Yeah, well, this dude apparently was at the doctor's office, uh, having been briefly uh, um, liberated from the home, because we th- are we the only people who know what a fantastic fucking job Joe Biden has done? I guess apparently. I mean, I know John Britavo knows. I, I know I know Tara Devlin knows. I know Malloy knows. I was chatting with Mike earlier today, telling tales. These people of it. that are that are uh, bitching and complaining about the economy and the way the economy is, it's not Biden. It's Trump. It's Trump's fault. It's be- well. I mean, not even so much that, but like I said, I was talking to Malloy earlier today. He didn't know that. Because we were talking about the good old days. Of, yeah, we were talking about the good old days of 2004, uh, when Willie Nelson pumped a bunch of money into Dennis, Dennis Kucinich's presidential primary campaign, and a lot of us were pro Kucinich, and we were talking about rotted FK and um, the lib boat crews, and, and I said, and you know who Kennedy's campaign manager is for this so-called independent run for the presidency. He said, oh, who said, Dennis Kucinich. And I said, well, I'll be damned. Yeah. We live in crazy world. Uh, it, but I mean, all this inflation right now is a product of Trump's presidency. Not by there is no inflation. There, thank well, you, Steve. It's much thank lower. You. It's thank much you. lower than it was. Let me rephrase that. There is inflation. Well, anybody. Prices if are if, going if, up more it, slowly, though. 
But, but mostly the, of this, if if the, with this inflation or this full inflation, it's mostly because the, um, the these companies, these corporations, are inflating prices. It's so gouging, Tracy. Exactly. Look at the balance gouging. sheets. Exactly. That's Look at the inflation. quarterly profits. Quarterly, quarterly profits and balance sheets. That's where your That's money it. is. That's where it all's going. Oh, the fuckers. Yeah. Hi, Tracy. Hi, sweetheart. I've no, joined no. the world of dog ownership again. I heard. I mm-hmm. heard. What blows What blows me away about the, all this inflation talk is sometime this afternoon, if if it happened, you're going to hear something really great about how the stock market went up 3.5 percent this week. Rah rah rah! Great for the economy. Well, damn it! That's simply inflationary. So every time there's inflation that benefits the rich, it's good. But that's when it's not inflation, inflation, the stock Sorry, market's that's not, not inflation. No, that's not shit, inflation. It's not inflation. Roger. And of course inflation, it's inflation. No, it's not inflation. That's not what the definition of inflation is. Sorry to be the, the, the skunk at the picnic. That's not what inflation is. It's like saying That's like saying if the value of your house goes up, that's inflation. It's not. It is. No, it's not. It's an not the increase definition. in the value with that's no not inflation. Real, it's appreciation. I I, I'm that's using not a inflation. Term. I'm using a common term. Which what is I'm not inflation. Is Hold on, back and forth, back and forth. The cost of something goes up, but the value, in essence, is the same. I.e., I did not do anything to this house to increase its value. When the price goes up, I consider that to be inflationary. Okay? It, the price is inflated over its original p- price. That's inflation to me. Now, I realize okay. there's all That's kinds of economic Steve. definitions of inflation. I'm using what is considered to be the standard number of what the common people consider to be inflation. When I go to the grocery store and the milk went from $3.39 a gallon to $4.39 a gallon, it's called inflation. Okay? That's the way that I'm using it. When the stock goes up on a company with no real change to that company, that is an inflationary price rise. But when it benefits the rich, i.e., people with big portfolios or people who do AI trading on the stock market for a tenth of a percent of gain or something because they don't have to pay sales taxes, that is an inflationary number. It benefits the rich. Those are those inflations are always considered to be good when it comes out in the general media. When the it connotations happens, are 180 degrees different, right, Roger? That's right, what you're saying. Right. Yeah, I hear you. I get what you're saying. Steve's right. I mean, if we were sitting all in an economic classroom, you'd be called out and you'd fail the test. Okay. Correct. We're not all in the economic. I get but the bottom, the bottom, the bottom line, the bottom line is this is price gouging on the part of American corporations. And the single best source for any of this is probably Robert Reich. Yes. Because yes. he, he, he knows what the hell he's talking about. Yes, he does. 
and the, the the what was called inflation was far more like profit taking. It only happened after the pandemic, after people had a little bit of spare change in their pockets, mm-hmm. and prices were driven upward by the companies in order in order to turn America upside down and shake that change out of their pockets. It's like my mother was telling me about, you know, because uh, we finally started getting decent uh, cost of living adjustments on Social Security. She had a friend that lived in the senior housing building in North Carolina um, and was based on her income. And as soon as they made that announcement that they were going to give, you know, people on Social Security a bump in their, a little bit of a bump, they raised her, her rent in order to take that money. Like you said, just when some people get a little bit of a breathing, you know, they don't ever want us to have breathing room. I mean, and it's, it's right, us. Tracy. No. It's all it's all part of a larger picture. Uh, I'm reminded capitalism. Of, well, not just that, but I'm reminded of uh, Joe to the Mansion Born saying, you know, we can't, we, we we can't we can't be giving away more money because they'll use it to go out and buy drugs. Or you know, yeah. a lobster and 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 steak. You know, that's why. Yeah, king crab well, legs. Key crap legs. Well, it's just like today, um, they just made it. So um, the healthcare workers, I don't know if it were state hospitals or whatever, but here in California, the healthcare, a lot of healthcare workers went on strike and they came to an agreement that they would get, I forget how much, like 20 something, $23 an hour uh, minimum wage. And because, you know, there was that shift uh, during, because of all the floods and stuff that we, Californians didn't have to pay. Um, their taxes on the 15th of, of April of last year and all this, they gave them some more time. So now the money that, you know, we normally would be budgeting for, you know, our taxes isn't there. And so now the governor is reneging on that money to say, well, maybe we won't give all the health care workers or maybe we won't give as much as we said we were going to give. And it, it just... Why? It's like, of course, it's always the working people that get it in the shorts. Uh, you know, to me, it's like, so when was the last time somebody in the state legislature took a pay cut? Or what about the governor? How about, how about this, y'all? Really? How about this? Why not have Elon, you know, what do you call them, Leon Stum and Jeff Bezos and the Waltons and all these other motherfuckers that use our, you know, our taxpayer dollar resources to make themselves even richer. Otherwise known as the public their, commons. The public commons. How about these motherfuckers pay their fair share? I don't know. I mean, how, how many of these assholes, not, not only do they not pay their fair share in taxes, but then they got to call Cassidy. Yes, they call Cassidy to get refunds. What the entire fuck? This is getting ridiculous. Well, and uh, I, I do. I need. I need to interrupt just for a second. And well said on all counts, Tracy. Because um, we're running out of time in the program. Thank you, Ralphs. Ralphs just finished off last Wednesday. So in the it would this would be a miracle if we could knock out yesterday in twelve minutes. Now we've got six hundred dollars to go to finish the week. Okay, to finish the week fully funded. Uh, we can fully fund yesterday if we can round up 10 people at 30 bucks or 30 people at 10 bucks or 
uh, however it works out, but that would finish off yesterday, and we wouldn't be looking at $900 come Monday. Now, that having been said, uh, and again, thanks to uh, thanks to Monica for jumping in. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, and, and, and thank you as well, Ralphs. Um, yes, this story is salacious. And yes, it feels like a little bit of a kicker. And yes, it's got a back reference to something Tracy brought up last week, I think. Uh-oh, what did I do? No, you didn't do nothing. You, 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 were, you, you were out in front of this one. I got two names for you. Um, Christian Ziegler. Oh, yes. And his wife, Bridget. Well, Christian Ziegler is now being investigated for rape. Yep. Uh, because I mean, I shouldn't uh, be laughing about that. That's a horrible thing to laugh at. No, I'm the, laughing at. at no, at the underlying wrong. at. Because remember these. Are Robin, good, what's his title? What does he do? Who uh, is this? Uh, the, the Christian Ziegler is the chairman of the Republican Party of Florida. The Florida. Oh, Florida man. Okay. And he is being it. and he is being investigated. Florida is, man of all Florida men. Okay, got he it. He is being in. He's being investigated. He is being investigated for rape because he is, of course, uh, a uh, God-fearing, upstanding uh, Republican uh, in Florida. Oh, God. And apparently, and look, what, what people do consensually, I got nothing. Mm-mm. But Republican oh, Party of Florida Chairman Christian Ziegler and his wife Bridget decided to get down with... Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a woman whose name has not been published and good. Good for her. But there's a rape investigation underway because Christian Ziegler says he, by God, will not step down as chairman of the Florida Republican Party because he said that the relationship he was in and his wife with this woman was entirely consensual. But the woman said, like hell it was. Because she said, I don't want to get it on with you, Christian Ziegler, if your wife is not there, Bridget Ziegler. And don't forget to tell who. Oh, no, no, no. But it's a Ginsu commercial, Tracy. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Because. How much would you pay? (laughs) Bridget Ziegler, and I think I got a cowbell for this earlier from Steve. Bridget Ziegler, who was engaging in some truly lesbicious behavior. Far be it for me to criticize. No, definitely far be it for me to criticize. Uh, But uh, uh, Bridget Ziegler, who was aforementioned, ain't just any spouse of the chairman of the Florida Republican Party. This just gets better and better. And she's not just any old brown skirt. No, hell no. Bridget Ziegler is one of the co-founders of the brown skirts. That's right. Bridget Ziegler is a co-founder of Moms for Liberty. Sit, Liberty. Sit. Woo! And uh, just, uh, just, just a gentle reminder, the brown skirts... 
go around trying to take over school boards and intimidate librarians into removing any book that has any reference to any sexuality that is not white, Christian, straight, with the lights out. In the missionary position. In the and they, they decide who and who's not a groomer, is my understanding yeah, as well. Yeah, right? Yes, yes, they, they do that, and they're terribly upset about the LGBTQs. I'm terribly upset about the drag queens and the transes until nobody's watching. And then the light. You know. But when we get behind closed doors and you let your brown skirt down or lift it up and you hike your brown skirt up. And you just know the people who do the persecuting, persecution of other people have some sort of kink or they wish they were part of that group. It's a known fact. Well, I mean, suddenly, yeah, we're, we're, we're back to the, the, to the uh, maggots in Texas having a conniption over the casting of a high school production of Oklahoma. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. So does that mean the, people, the white people that hate black people really want to be black? Y'all having all the fun. <laughs> and don't you don't you be don't you we be trying to lie and say you're not. We got all the rhythm. We got the best skin, you know. We got those afros and shit. Come on. Damn. Well, you know, no one's ever skin. been able to explain this to me. Um, Mary, to the best of my knowledge, she never was consenting when it came to the big sky spook up in the sky guy Ooh, planting his seed. Right. Right. Uh, the big sky scoop was a Roman soldier. Let's not lie. This was her day, by the way. Yes, it was. Yes, his inception day, by the way. His father oh, was really. Not, yes, his father. <laughs> his father was not Mr. Cohen. It was a Roman legionnaire named Biggest Stickus. Oh, <laughs> Biggest Stickus. Yeah, that's what the Immaculate Conception. Sorry to sorry to be all Catholic. Yeah, that's what the Immaculate Conception. Is. Don't go have a fish. Uh, <laughs> it is okay. So they yeah. It has nothing That's to do bread with bread and wine with it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Jesus. People think it does. It doesn't. Speaking of you know uh, the Roman Empire stuff, you know what I rewatched the other day? Gladiator. I, I forgot how creepy River Phoenix was in that movie. Oh yeah, I mean, not River Joaquin. Joaquin, oh, yeah. It was <laughs> and then he turns around He's and gets to be Napoleon. Actor. I need right. to go see that. Anybody yeah, I was, seen it yet? I was just, just going to say, am That's I the it. only one who thinks he's way better than his brother ever was? Oh, I yes. Yeah. He's one of the best in the biz. Well, he got to live longer. He got to live longer and hone his skills. We don't know what he would have done. I mean, he, True, River, true, true. River, River Phoenix had, you know, he was damn good for his age. And considering yeah. that they grew up in a sex cult and, and they lived to talk about it. Come on. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Okay. I'll grant you're you right. that. You're right, Tracy. Yeah, but I, I, I still I, say Joaquin's the like the best in the biz. If I'm gonna go spend money at a movie theater, if he's in it, it's it'll probably be worth it. Didn't he? Was he the one to play Johnny Cash and Walk the Line? Yes. Man. And, and she? Both, did you? Or and, her? Uh, Is it she Reese or her? Re, Re, Reese Witherspoon played. Uh, she. She. I'm thinking her, the, the musical artist. 
Uh, well, she was the mobile phone. Yeah, okay. Right. That was a great movie. My God, I cried at the end of it. And I caught myself. I'm like, I'm crying over a fucking phone. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. I got you. I got you one. I'll raise you that. And I got one better than that. I was crying. I was bawling like a baby. I'm sitting here bawling. So last weekend, I stayed. Last Sunday, I took the day off. I actually took a whole day off because I went and saw the most amazing show Saturday night. Michelle Boutreau, Boutreau. Yeah, yeah. anybody has um, Netflix, watch the survival of the thickest. Anyway, so Saturday, Sunday morning I woke up and I decided to watch the Eddie Murphy car- movie, uh, 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 Candy Cane Lane, which I adore, I enjoy because it's Eddie Murphy. And I go watch it if they were Eddie Murphy. But anywho, so, you know, the algorithm kicked in and it punched out the next movie. And it was Last Christmas, which got not very good reviews. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm sitting there, and I'm bawling, and I'm like, I mean, it was one of those Christmas movies that you feel it's a feel-good ending, but you're still crying. But she, I did not realize that I think Emma, oh God, Thompson, Emma Thompson, she wrote, I think she wrote and directed it, and she's in it. And then you got the beautiful Harry Golding, or I can't think of the, the young man that was in uh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. And for you, Game of Thrones peoples, uh, Danius, Daenerys, was it? The, the oh, yeah. Dragon? Yeah, she was Yeah, what's it. her name? And she's Emma something, right? No, Amelia, that's Amelia Clark. Amelia, sorry, what, say it again, Ben. Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, there was no real cussing. It was just a sweet Christmas movie. And plus, you got Christmas in London, y'all. Come on. You can't. I mean, it, it, of course, it wasn't, you know, what was it? Oh, the Christmas movie of all time. Uh, uh, all the all the British actors. Uh, 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 come on, y'all, with Bill Nye and, and Emma Thompson and, and uh, uh, all those people. What was the movie? Come on. Huh? Which one? The Christmas movie that's about I think it's about twenty years old now, and it was all these amazing British actors, and why can't oh my god? That's not that's know. not ringing a bell, oh. but I enjoyed the heck out of uh, Hannah Waddingham's Christmas special on oh, Apple yeah, TV. You know, oh, wasn't there a Christmas where the Muppets went to London or something like that? Muppet, You're not thinking the, of that, are you? No. Yeah, the Muppet you Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Snap, you no, but, Michael Caine. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, but 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 Tracy, H- Hannah Waddingham. Yeah. Girl those dresses. Yes. I told you I told you when you watched it, you were going to be... Uh, every it was, There was a couple of dresses that I, I pictured you in, and I said, yeah, because see, that's not my style, but I it was just, oh, no. Yeah, tell me one of them was the white one. Of course it was. And the other one was the red one. Of course it was. And I want that hooded cloak. Oh. Oh, bitch! I want the hooded cloak. I, I would, I would work. Wait a minute. No, wait, wait, wait. I, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm not aware. I'm not allowed to wear hoods. <gasps> no, especially white ones. <laughs> ah. Sorry. Oh, this is it's gonna it is gonna make me fucking crazy. What is that movie? Oh, God. Text me when you think. Text me when you think of it. Maybe I need to watch it. Uh, we're probably going to watch no, another episode it. of Lessons in Chemistry. This Love evening. Actually, God, motherfucking damn it. Love God Actually. Love Actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest 
you know, modern Christmas movies of all time set in London. I mean, some of the some of the scenes have not aged very well because, again, twenty years old. But has anyone seen Napoleon yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, I want to. I want to before it goes out of the theater. I want to too. Yeah, isn't that another three and a half hours? I was going to say, wouldn't that be one hell of a day at the movie theater? Start with Napoleon (laughs) and finish with Killers of the Flower Moon, or vice versa. You'd be freaking exhausted. And Oppenheimer. You could well, do all three. Like, when, Barbie, <laughs> when Barbie, because Barbie and Oppenheimer came out on the same day, they were actually people who watched both movies. Yeah, Barbenheimer. Yeah, th- Oppenheimer. those were the those were the Barbenheimer people. And, and so that was like you know six hours basically, because Barbie was not a short flick. No, and the fact that they used uh, the indigo the indigo girls that song. Oh yes. Over and over and over again, I thought was precious. Oh, oh! Before I forget about Last Christmas, one of the best parts about the movie, they use George Michael music throughout the movie. Of course, the you know. Oh, and by the I don't know if anybody's playing, but I found out by talking uh, in talking with my daughter, this year's Christmas fad is called Whamageddon. You have you can only play by doing everything in your power not to hear Last Christmas by Wham. And you lose if you hear it before Christmas. Okay, then don't watch last Christmas. Ask me how how I know this. Because you have millennials as children? Well, there's that. But uh, we had some Christmas music on, and uh, Paul McCartney was singing Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. And all of a sudden... Simply Happy... Okay. Yeah. You need to cut an album, Tracy. You have a lovely voice. You and Darlene. Yeah, you, Christmas album. You and Darlene need to do duets. Y'all are awesome. Uh, oh, thank you. But so the Paul McCartney's on, and all of a sudden, Margie, you know, she's over in the passenger seat with me, and she looks up like she's been, I don't know, inspired or struck by lightning or something. Turn that off. It's like, what? You don't like? Paul McCartney simply having, and she's like, no, 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 I love it, I love it, but, but this is Whamageddon, and I'm, 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 I'm afraid that that last Christmas by Wham might come up, and then I'm, then I'm toast. I got to make it to Christmas. I got to win. I got to win. Okay, well then Turn you guys into a pumpkin. Don't don't watch last Christmas then because they they play it throughout. And, oh, you mean and, uh, uh, Love Actually? No, Last Christmas. Oh, That's la- the name oh, of the okay. movie. yeah, okay, yeah, and, yeah. Like uh, they they use George Michael movie. Well, uh, George, George I, I mentioned. I'm sorry, I got confused. Uh, George wrote in from Corscold okay. and said, uh, "Tell Tracy, love actually." Yeah. Thank you, thank you. My and God, just my to brain. respond to the side chat that's going on, uh, Jeremy and Ben, I believe the last poll I saw, it is a fifty-fifty dead heat on whether or not. Die Hard is or is not a Christmas movie. Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Now the un yes, it's absolutely a Christmas movie, and I've been I've I've been singing "Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow," you know, and of course now you have to associate that with the the uh, Nakasone building. And 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 quick, you know, quick thing. 
the Nakasani building. It's in Century City. It's and that's where the movie was filmed, and that was that's the actual building. And when they filmed the building, it was being built. That's that was that was not a set. It was the actual building. And every time I take people to Century City or in that area, I point that building out. They're like, "No fucking way!" Do they look at the building like, "Oh, dude, that is the building." I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like going to Katz's Deli in uh, in New York and going, "Oh my God, that's the when Harry met Sa- Sally that's orgasm table." Right. Um, and to this day, I'm still pissed that Snake tried to kill a Harry Potter and Bruce Willis. I just can't get over it. What? Wait, wait, what? I heard an echo. What? So I'm still pissed that Snake tried to kill Harry Potter and Bruce Willis. Snape. Off. Yeah, I know. Snake? What snake? Snape. 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 You know. So, you're not. Um, you're apparently no. not Harry Potter literate, Christopher. No, I'm not. Snape. Ooh. Never seen one. <gasps> Alan, 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 Alan Rickman. Never seen any. Alan yeah. Rickman. Yeah. Who was okay. actually in love actually as well? Damn. So we come full circle. And so, wow. but but no, you you brought up is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, it is. But the oh, great definitely. the great unsung Christmas movie, which also happens to be one of my favorite movies anyway. The great unsung Christmas movie, The Lion in Winter. It takes Peter O'Toole, Anthony Hopkins, um, but it's set at Christmas at, at 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 the Christmas court of Henry II at Chinon in France. The castle still exists. Someday I hope to see it. France is safe for me, reasonably. Reasonably. Uh, but it, uh, uh, let's see, what is it? Uh, the hollies, uh, uh, the hollies hung. Who said the hollies were hung? No, no, no. <laughs> Tracy. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly? No. He really? But uh, I think oh, God, it, I, they, I, pictures I, of Buddy Holly. I think it, I think it's I think it's Jeffrey Plantagenet is uh, something something the, the wine is in the uh, and we're the fat that's in the fire. Anybody who has ever had familial dysfunction at Christmas, you cannot watch this movie and not absolutely love it. 1968. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas. Christmas just ain't Christmas without the ones you love, but the ones that you love that are dysfunctional. That should have been part into that song as well, because you can't have a Christmas without dysfunction. It wouldn't be Christmas. It's my present. Oh, Eleanor, you. It's my pre. It's my tombstone. Oh, Eleanor, you spoil me. (laughs) I never could. I never could refuse you. Great Captain Hepburn. Thank you. I played Henry the Second. Now I want to play Eleanor. Uh, yeah. And th- again, favorite lines. We're we're not. You know, uh, we're 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 in overtime now. But I can I can load up another movie clip because this is fun. We we did Cool Hand Luke. Um, Thinking of movies, I queued up the main event. God, Ryan O'Neill was beautiful. 1979, I was 13 years old. No wonder my hormones were going crazy. <laughs> I love, uh, and, and we, we had this really intense conversation last night between me and Todd and Steve in New York about 
the war and 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 Todd, and and there was some talk i think i think maybe todd was mentioning the fact that you know war has been a fact of life and we got into that in a little bit but it reminded me then and i've got it now there's a line in the lion in winter where Catherine hepburn talks about uh the origins of conflict and it's god it's good we are the killers we breed wars ta da That's so what we do. That's what we do. Well, that's what y'all we talk do. and we fight. Yeah. And so uh, Darlene uh, jumped in on the Joaquin Phoenix conversation. Darlene noting uh, Joaquin Phoenix is an incredible actor, an unsung incredible actor. Everyone I've talked to about the film Gladiator absolutely hates his character. This illustrates just how well he did that role and how believable the role was thanks to his talent. Yeah, and and uh, right. what was that, Commodus? And Commodus was truly horrible, and he captured the horribleness of Commodus. Busy little bee, adds Ooh. Darlene. Yes. I, mean, I was. The calla lilies are in bloom again. Oh Such God. a lovely flower. Thank you, Matt. So. It, <sighs> You know what, Robin, though? What, Ben? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Tracy. Um, Jack Nicholson warned Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix not to play the Joker because he warned them and said, you guys play that character, that character will consume you. Well, it didn't work out so well for Heath Ledger, but by golly, Joaquin Phoenix did a damn good job as the Joker. He did that movie, but he did a good job. I love that movie. Oh, I, I, Jack, that, that Jack was, Nicholson will forever be a white dude movie. But that, Jack that, Nicholson, Jack say. Nicholson will forever be the best Joker. I mean, that, that oh, yeah. Where does forever. he get these fabulous toys? But it's just, wonderful but, toys. I mean, these wonderful toys. I just, Jack Nicholson is just the end all be all for me. I I I was going to rewatch. Uh, I watched. I finally watched Five Easy Pieces. I had never seen the movie, and I think it was. And I was like, mm, "Okay, I, I kind of get it." Not a Five Easy Pieces. Easy Rider. That's the one with. Uh, is that the one when he's the drunk? The drunk. Which one is it? When he's the drunk. He, yeah, he's oh, a drunk. Yeah. yeah, he's he's drunk all the time in Easy Rider. And don't get Easy and Rider. don't get don't get Steve and Georgia Stan ta- uh, started on Easy Rider. Why? Is that his favorite movie? Or yeah, something? Steve. Steve loves Easy Rider. Am I wrong, Steve? Yeah, me too. I don't. I don't know if Steve's there with us. Or, uh, yeah, he's in. He's in the room. But. I mean, because there are movies that you know, I call white dude movies, and a lot of those white dude movies I do love. You know, pretty much. You know, like the the spaghetti westerns and the Harry Dirty Harry movies. I love those movies. Yeah, Dirty Harry. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a certain white dude movies that, and y'all love these movies, and I'm sitting there like, like there's like certain white humor, and white people love this humor, and I'm sitting there and I try, and I'm like, no shit, ain't funny to me. But I uh, went back and watched the Charles Bronson movie, and I was aghast. Those don't age well. Those don't age well at all. Oh, pick any late John Wayne movie that isn't True Grit. 
if it's not if it's not true grit, I don't. I mean, because I can't stand. Maybe John the shooters, but the, those those John Wayne movies where he was a modern day detective. Ugh. Oh God, McHugh. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, it's, oh, it's like hang up the spurs, buddy. You done. Just, just, mm-mm. but there's, like I said, there's certain movies, but like the, I will, I have all of the Man With No Name movies, and it's just, sometimes, and you know, and you think of, and this is when you have to separate the, the artist from his art, because I used to really, really love Clint Eastwood, and then as I got older, and I started seeing a pattern of that angry, you know, what is it, economic, you know, that, that, that this, that white older white guy who's not getting his way anymore. And oh, all the economic anxiety this, guy. The, the economic anxiety guy and these people moving into my neighborhood. Oh my God, it's been and, so long. Remember when? Remember when you couldn't you, you you couldn't turn around without finding a member of the multimillionaire for profit media talking about economic anxiety. Right, right, right. You know, you wanted to queue up right. the you wanted to queue up the theme from high ang- from Mel Brooks's high anxiety. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, that's hey Tracy, whole, Tracy, yeah. would you say No Country for Old Men is that a white guy movie? Oh, well, definitely, that's a good one. I yeah, that's a white guy movie, right? I love because it's that old, it's that that where that 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 the the worn over um, uh, sheriff or lawman who's just like he's like you know when he gets I'm not gonna do any spoilers, but Tommy Lee Jones gets to that it's point. Okay. You know, time has passed. You're, you're okay, all right. Let's right, let's yes. contra- let's add to the list. No country for old men. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's what we were just talking about. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. There will be blood. There will be blood. I was about to say you yes. Oh. Or, it was like I was reading a thing. Done now. Movies, um, great movies that do not end well. I mean, in other words, it's just a horribly bleak ending. And it was you know, no country for old men. Um, uh, there will be blood. Uh, and that ending of there will be blood. Jesus. Fuck. Gangs in New York. Oh. Did I ever, get, Tracy? Did I ever get you to watch? Not a Christmas movie, but none of those are. Did I ever get you to watch Mate One? Maybe I remember. I told you I saw it years ago. That oh, okay. Was one of my first John Sayles movies. Okay. And Just making sure. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put it on my on my queue to because I was watching it because you know the the greatest man of. You know, it is so sad. I was just thinking, you know, as I was naming up all those beautiful, all the beautiful white guys that I've loved, the great white actors. The sad part is that I can only talk about how many great black actors, and there was plenty, but they never got their due. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, you know, we didn't get a, a fine as well. No, I have to say, Richard Roundtree was sexy as hell, but we didn't really have any like sex. Symbol uh, movie, black movie stars as far as especially men until uh, um, you know Richard Roundtree and Sidney Poitier. He wasn't. I never thought of him as. I mean, maybe because I was young, I was too young to appreciate and remember. You know, we we had to deal. We had to contend with him, with um, you know, Lily's in the field and guess who's coming to dinner. And then we got, then we got, you know, um, in the heat of the night. And so Sydney Portier, and plus the Sydney Portier that I really remember is the Sydney Portier that you know that I actually went to the movies to see. 
um, was, you know, like the movies that he did with Bill Cosby, um, let's, uh, let's, you know, uh, Uptown Saturday Night, let's do it again. And there was another one. Um, they did three movies together. And, and Buck and the Preacher with him and Harry Belafonte. And and it was just so, you know, so we didn't get a, any, like, sex symbols. And it's not really until Denzel. So, like I said, by... Yeah, and, 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 was, yeah not, even, not even Morgan. Oh, God, no. By the time Morgan Freeman no. became mainstream, Morgan Freeman was already in his 50s. I mean, and he tried to be sexy. Now, I did see him there. I was watching Along Came a Spider when he was doing the Alex Cross movies. And, you know, I said, okay, Morgan, I see you, boo. I see you. But I think that was in the 60s. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, you got to remember Morgan. Well, the Morgan Freeman that I remember is the Morgan Freeman from Electric Company. Okay. Fair <laughs> so, enough. That, yeah, that's like, that's like being into your dad. And as I heard, as I heard one comedian pointing out, you know, uh, she said, you know, they got milfs and cougars and then gilfs. She said, no, not Nana. And then she said, you know what? There is no such thing as a dilf. Guys out there talking about milfs and gilfs and and and, and cougars, but no women talking about dilfs. Oh, dance! I like to. Yeah. You got oh, it, Tracy. <laughs> Don't make a smell of it out. And, and she, she said, "She said, oh yeah, baby, I love those faded blue jeans. And is that a braided brown leather belt? Ooh, ooh, sexy." Uh, Lee in New York asking, Clint Eastwood, does he still yell at empty chairs? I have no doubt, no doubt. I got to get out of here, y'all. I got to figure out something for dinner. Um, Robin, go yeah. eat. Yeah, We're having taquitos with guacamole. You want to come over? I would, oh, I, I, would, I would love to. I, I would simply love to. Um, I've been, I've been, okay. I, I caught, I caught, I caught a couple of packages of those uh, Wagyu burgers at Wally World. They're vacuum sealed Ooh. and everything, and they were like one day from expiration. Don't you love that? And those, you know, those things are pretty pricey. But I, I picked them both up for for less than ten bucks. And oh, no, no, you did good. And they're third pound good. burgers, and, it, and it's allegedly wagyu beef. I'm pretty sure it's not coming from Japan. Oh, but as burgers go, those things were banging. Uh, and I, <coughs> uh, I, fr- I fried them, uh, fried them up for Annette and me last night, and. Put a little cheese on them. No, I forgot the cheese. That's, that's what was wrong. But I mixed up a little. I mixed up a little A one and that that sweet hot mustard. Uh, oh, they were lit. They were good. I mean, so if you see if you see them if you can if you can stand to go into Wally World and I don't have much of a choice. No, I can get them on sale at, at Ralph's. Ralph's. Oh, they're good. Oh, you know what? We were talking about real quick about it in Roger with that whole inflation. I was at the store, not the store, but the store. Did somebody carry you? Did somebody carry you to the store? No, I carried myself to the store. Mm -hmm. And so, because basically lately, Jen and I, we've been having our groceries delivered because my schedule's stupid and and blah, blah, blah. So I was actually physically in the store because, yes, I finally went and got my COVID shot. And I got 10% off. Uh, of my grocery order 
if I, you know. But anyway, so I'm locking down the bacon now because the other day, Jan made some jamming BLTs. And yes, there was mayonnaise on it, so just don't cook me any shit. <laughs> Before anybody say anything, just don't give me any fucking shit about a goddamn mayonnaise. <laughs> but I hadn't really seen how much bacon was. Girl, I knew you'd come around. I knew it. Shut up. $13? Has to come around sometime. $13 for a goddamn pound of fucking bacon? How much? And we're not talking like like we're not talking the super duper bacon? No, no. We're talking fucking Oscar Mayer, y'all. Come on. Oh, See, that's because ca- that's, that's California's so far from the hogs. We got a farmer, farmer I bet they're giving. I bet they're giving away money. avocados, aren't they? No. Well, oh, yeah. it's it's God, not those that. Pigs are getting so uppity. Go not, ahead, Ben. It's not that much better in Kansas. It's ten dollars a pound right now here. Jesus. Hey, y'all y'all go to y'all. Costco. Let's go to Costco. It's a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, but it's just, it's just Jad and I, and so to have that much bacon, and but we're going to have to start doing that because it's just 13. When I, was, I just kept looking at it, right, I kept, I stared at it, and I'm thinking maybe it's a it's a misprint or something. So then I have on my phone, I have the app for Pavilions, which is Vons, which is Safeway, which is getting ready to be bought by Kroger. But anywho, so I scanned it on my, on my Handy Daddy Pavilions app, and motherfuckers, it was right, $13. I said, bacon. Bacon. You know what you need to do when ba- when bacon is that expensive in the grocery store. You know what you do, Tracy. You go. You, no, you go online. <laughs> there are some people who know where I'm going with this. Okay. If it's that expensive anyway. Go online. Who did that? Oh, that was terrible. It was not me. Um, but you go online. You you search in your favorite search engine, Benton's Bacon, Tennessee, and you order the Benton's Bacon from Tennessee, and I think you get four pounds, and shipping and everything's probably about fifty bucks. And Benton's Bacon. At the very least, you will you will know that you have had the best bacon available on. This sweet little blue green planet. You got the it's freezer space for that? Oh, it's va- it's oh, yeah. vacuum sealed. It's completely it. vacuum sealed, so it'll just keep in the fridge for a long time. Oh, okay. Four pounds, it though. That's a lot. Fa- it's in one. It they're in. They're in. They're in one pound packages. It's exquisitely th- thick sliced. And it will perfume your whole house with the smell of hickory smokehouse wonderfulness. Ooh, I'm, th- I'm now I'm thinking pig candy. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're Safeway if, selling Safeway selling bacon right now for six dollars a pound. Well, that's not bad. Well, actually, and and if you have the you know the the coupon thingy, so they had the oh, so it wasn't Vons, it, I mean Pavilions, it was Rouse this week. So we did get bacon. Honey, how much was that bacon? Four up to the pound? It was not me, 499. Steve. $4.99. $4.99 a pound. I, we did get bacon for $4.99 a pound. Well, I was, yeah, was going to finish, I was gonna, I was gonna finish off the unpaid product placement and the entire pitch for Benton's. While you're ordering your bacon, 
Call them up and order it over the phone. Give them the card number and everything. And say, y'all got any ham hocks laying around? I was going to say, bitch, I was going to ask you about the ham hocks. Because I'm thinking I'm going to be doing some black eyed peas and stuff for for uh, New Year's. Black New Year's. Peas. you got to do it for New Year's, right? Yep. And I don't. I haven't, I haven't done... I haven't had a smoked ham hock in a minute. I do use smoked turkey. Oh, uh, those uh, those Benton's ham hocks are righteous because I mean that is old school, just like the bacon. Okay. And and I can't get out of here without thanking Cat in Ohio again. That was the sweetest thing. They absolutely made my day today. Earlier this afternoon, I got a note from Cat, and I want to share it again. Uh, mail subject line mailbox lookout. Sent you a ham and a turkey for Christmas at the address listed. No puny turkey breast for Christmas. Enjoy. And cat, we oh, are really nice. I told I told Annette about it, and she was just so tickled. We that we is so sweet. That is so absolutely incredibly sweet. I can't thank you enough, cat. That was just lovely. And it's going to be so good. I know. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pester the folks at the mailbox until in the minute it arrives. I will be uh, heading down, heading down to the settlements, literally for provisions. Well, don't, hopefully it won't be. I know you still haven't watched Southside, but there's an episode this and he, on the hottest day in Chicago. Is he he once a year he orders from Omaha Steaks. You know he gets the, the applets and all that, and in his everything goes wrong. He has to get on the bus to get his food. Oh God, he's like. This is my. What that would stress me was, out. That would Tracy. That would stress me out. But I saw Omaha Steaks advertised this morning. I think on my filthy morning habit, and it was like, no, because I remember the. There's they, the meat in the mail. Yeah, there's yeah, there's the meat in the mail. But the other they used to advertise with Rush Limbaugh. Oh, and one last thing oh, because no. I know I know Stephen Georgia Stan of longstanding. We do we do love our ads. And, uh, you know, this all started with uh, Gordo, wasn't it, oh, Steve? Gordo. <laughs> and so today, lo and behold, I'm watching The Filthy Morning Habit, and there's an ad. And it's got such a catchy little jingle for Colace Stool Softener. Oh, yes, I've seen it. No, no. And and the hook line at the end of it is because uh, and it's it's such this it's a pretty pretty female voice saying because number two should be easy to do but <laughs> along the way mm, I'm not gonna I, I gotta see if we can I, I gotta see if I can call this up because and Robin there's a cute little dance troop doing a dance too to it right well i'm not sure about the dance troupe but uh maybe it's a different one i'm thinking of the thing is i thought about it because it's it was another one of those moments when if i'm in that situation i, I feel like dancing yeah okay hold on yeah now here's something funny you go to you go to youtube to play an ad and they play an ad before they let you watch the ad But it was one of the, it was one of those moments where you go, oh, you know, we we really are we're tapped into the zeitgeist here. Let's see let's see if this is the right one. 
If there's pain when you try to poo and going sometimes feels like you push through a pineapple or two. Colace is the brand you need to soften stools. We're all agreed. Number two should be easy to do. Trust Colace to soften. Did you catch the did you catch the reason I went what? <laughs> like you just pushed through a pineapple or two. Uh-huh. <laughs> they are, they do listen to this show. <laughs> they do. Oh, jeez. They're stinky. And 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 because you know, I I just I just randomly talk even when there's nobody around. I see those pineapples and I'm like, my friends, I only wish I could have some colace down here. <laughs> and then you then you follow it up with a shiny hiney commercial. There. And, and there's one. There's with another the commercial cream. like that. Yeah. With, with the, the pits cream. The yeah, another commercial. She's got the order for of... every stinking orifice. Yeah, I've that one too, man. <laughs> oh, what the hell? There's another commercial though that I was thinking of. I, if you watch Forensic Files at all, they play it every break, and it had and it's like a dance troupe, and they're they're all dressed and and they're singing about having diarrhea or something like that. <laughs> And and they're pitching some kind of product. I don't know. Pepto Bismol. But there's but, is it Pepto? It's a Pepto yeah. commercial. But, yeah, but, they're celebrating diarrhea. Yeah. But okay, in the but in the right. in the Colace ad, there are actual images of pineapples, y'all. There's not the pineapples. <laughs> so okay, so this is what you do. So here's how you do this. This is the order. <sighs> this is the order. So first you take the Colace, and after you do the Colace, you get on your bidet, you do the bidet. And then when you want to get it really extra clean, you use the shiny hiney, and then you follow up to, to keep the smell from travel, you know, to keep yourself from smelling. Then you ended up with the Lume. Lume, that's yeah, all. that's the one. The Lume. Yeah, every stinking orifice on your body, man, you just shine it up with some Lume, and it doesn't stink anymore. And she goes into detail. Well, yeah, she shows you. all her feet and everything, <laughs> and, and all her and her back. Well, I tell you what, we have, we, we have, we have, for somebody who actually uses, I, okay, uh, we're okay, calling down the rabbit hole. <laughs> we have raised holy hell with dinner in the Pacific Standard Time zone. And as a big, look, as a big girl that has folds and stuff like that. Oh man. <laughs> okay, well maybe okay, you need one, to try out for the commercial. Tracy. One, one last giggle. Because I always love it when somebody's out there punking Leon scum. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the dainty little Leon scum fans are having a fit because the Center for Auto Safety crashed a Leon scum cyber truck. And then making it worse, worse, Robin, uh, Making it worse, they used Leon Scum's platform to send out the following message. Anyone who drives one of these cyber trucks is insecure about their manhood and was picked last in gym. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and it's going to be dangerous to everyone else on the road. Well, before you go, Robin, there was something else on Twitter involving one of uh, Mr. SpaceX's cyber trucks, and some, as the as the title of the tweet was, "This is what happens when Skynet becomes self-aware, and we are getting closer to Skynet every day thanks to these 
cybernetic robots, and it showed four cybernetic robots. One was driving the Cybertruck, and the other one was shooting at it. And then the <laughs> one... Sorry, Ben, that's hysterical. Well, I, I, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like the uh, the maggots who who didn't who didn't understand that it was a joke about Leah Thomas having her trophies taken away and given to Grimy Riley. Well, uh, on the other hand, they they can't tell when it's satire. They can't tell when it's not. And one of the one of the Musk fanboys said, "This can't be a real organization. Safest truck ever produced." Ad hominem is always a true indicator of objectivity and critical thinking. And and you know they're funded by Big Auto, completely oblivious to the fact that the Center for Auto Safety crashes every car made. I understand the need for electric cars, but they're too goddamn expensive. Well, they will be until everybody's adopting them. Um, and then the, and the and, we need you know, subsidies. So you, say, you need subsidies, and you need the infrastructure. We have it here in California, but if I want to take a road trip, I'm not going to use an electric car unless I'm just going to Vegas, because they have. Um, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to sit your ass in the desert, you know, hoping for hoping for somebody to come along with a charge. That part. You know, because one of the problems that they were talking about, with, especially with electric the EVs, is that especially when you live somewhere with extreme cold and extreme heat. But because of climate change, that's going to be everywhere. Now here's and here's here's the here's the, punch, here's the punchline to the Cybertruck thing. Uh, one user on uh, Shitter asked the new AI chatbot that Leon Scum has launched called Grok, stealing a word from Robert A. Heinlein, uh, asked Grok to uh, respond to what the Center for Auto Safety tweeted about the Cybertruck, you know, someone who was picked last in gym. And... Go on. And, and uh, Grok said that whoever sent that tweet is... Possibly wearing Crocs and a shirt with a questionable stain trying to roast others for their choice of vehicle. The only thing more dangerous than a cyber truck on the road is a person with a keyboard and a fragile ego. <gasps> and really, honestly, and this is my last remark before I get out of here, is there a more fragile white ego than that of Leon Scum? Nope. Trump. Well, yeah, Trump. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Really? You think? Uh, you it's you, a, maybe it's a photo finish, but that part hard to beat Trump. Trump. On well, that, we'll on see. That I don't know. We'll see. We'll 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 see if if Tangerine Tiberius sends a uh, uh, sends a truth out at Taylor Swift. <sighs> oh, before you. Those men. Anyway, I got to get out of here, y'all. Robin, before you go, I got Taylor Swift update for you. Yeah. It's official. She is moving in with Travis Kelsey in his new house in Leewood. Ooh. There you go. I don't think. Have you ever moved in with anybody before? Because her shit runs. You know, her 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 relationship seemed to burn pretty hot, damn it, and hot and quick, and then fizzle out. Yeah. Has she ever moved in with anybody? Because I don't know. I don't follow the no, girl. No, she's, she's never has before, but they say this 
this, they say this relationship's getting hot and heavy. Well, yeah, people ooh, get older. All of, all, of, all of Taylor's do. I mean, but I don't see her. I don't see her giving up her independence. Anyway, I got to get out of here, y'all. Thanks for a great conversation this evening. We've been all over the place. It's been a lot of fun. Um, for anybody in like the overnight or over the weekend crew that wants to help knock this down to uh, a slightly less difficult number for Monday, be helpful. Um, yesterday and today are not funded, so any help is great help, and there's our and there are bills awaiting to be paid. So thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to folks who kick in via Cash App and Venmo and the United States Postal Service. Remember, if you want to send a money order uh, or a check or whatever, please just make it to Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid, K-I-N-C-A-I-D, because we're shifting our banking over with uh, Wayne's illness. Um, but uh, thank you all. Thanks for everybody who makes challenges. Thank you, uh, Monica, this evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ralphs. Uh, thank you, Cat. That's just so doggone sweet. I'm just I'm just absolutely blown away by that that act of uh, holiday kindness. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program, in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger in the chat room and in the Skype group. The uh, back porch will continue once this program goes off the air. You can still use the button at HeadOn.Live to get into the uh, conversation. Uh, feel free. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Awfully nice to see you in the room this evening. Uh, Brother Bishop uh, uh, Steve from Georgia Stan, all-around great guy. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment for the algorithm. Uh, we're seeing we're seeing numbers go up, and it's wonderful. And Brother Deacon Ace's suggestion really worked. So the liking, the subscribing, and the commenting is a big deal. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, like Tracy did. Get your RSV vaccine. Get your flu shot. Don't take your doggies around other doggies. Got to add that to the list. If you're around maggots or groups of five or more, please wear your mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. And, uh, well, if uh, some babbling twit comes toward you saying, they're going to make that Leah Thomas give her medals what she didn't deserve to that sweet little, little, little Grammy Riley. Uh, avoid that idiot like the plague, because they are. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later. <laughs>